At First Commonwealth Bank, we understand that many of today's businesses are facing uncertain times. And that means there's no more important time for having the right financial partner behind you. A partner with the resources and experience to help take care of your business. An SBA preferred lender who can see what others may not and do what others cannot. If you're ready to talk with a financial partner who can help your business today and into the future, there's no better time to talk with us. First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC. Shut up and sit down. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Lords of Pain Radio's Aftershock, this time taking a look at the Royal Rumble of 2019, or as we heard a jabillion and five times, the Royal Rumble Pay-Per-View, which will be followed by the Elimination Chamber Pay-Per-View, which I'm guessing will be followed by WrestleMania Pay-Per-View. It's it's become just as annoying as Extraordinary Man Who Can Do Extraordinary Things, or the new... Daniel Bryan. Uh, but I digress. Hi, how you doing? My name is Stephen Bell, here with you once again for the first time, and it seems like a really long time. And it's only been the normal amount of time, I suppose, but it feels like it's been a while. And I am joined, as always, by my co-host with the most. It is your friend and mine. It is Samuel Plan. What is going on, my man? To quote Bobby the Brain Heenan in 1992, Yes, 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 yes. Et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera, et cetera. With a tear in your eye. That's just like, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's just, you may have had a tear in your eye, actually. That would not actually surprise me if that if admission I were to did, come out. It was from sheer exhaustion. Oh, sheer exhaustion, not 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 joy of of just now you can add Seth Rollins to the pantheon of people who have won a Royal Rumble. Oh, absolutely. Unbridled joy doesn't do the emotion justice. I mean, he's, he's it is wholly inadequate. He's right up there with, you know, Alberto Del Rio and, you know. Uh, you could try and shit on this moment <laughs> all you like. It is absolutely shitproof. The truth I mean, is, he's up there Jim with the Duggan. likes of The Undertaker. He's up there with the likes of The Rock. He's up there with the likes of who else has won just one? Um, uh, Bret Hart, of course, obviously. Alberto Del Rio. Alberto Del Rio, yes. And Shane, <laughs> Shinsuke Nakamura, yes. And Roman Reigns, yes. Daniel Bryan's never won a freaking Royal Rumble. AJ That's Styles has never won a freaking Royal Rumble. That's true. That's true. You're, you're saying many true statements here. I am. <laughs> And that makes uh, poor Dean Ambrose the only uh, member of the Shield who has not won a Royal Rumble. Oh, his, he, he, was like, he was like the first to everything else. He, his time will come. His time will come. He'll win one of them. Yeah, it, it, it'll it'll get here eventually. But yes, that is kind of the story of the night. Uh, of course, there was a lot going on with the Royal Rumble this evening. It was one of those epic, long, super duper shows. Of course, uh, but I mean, the real stories of the evening are your two Royal Rumble winners, because we had, of course, the Women's Royal Rumble, we had the Men's Royal Rumble, and if you didn't gather by now, yes, Seth Rollins won the Men's Royal Rumble match, which is pretty cool. Um, 
I was kind of pulling for Braun, to be honest, just because I kind of, I, I don't know, I was kind of thinking, I, I've been wondering, like, here over the last little bit, like, why in the world did they pull Braun Strowman from the Brock Lesnar match? I wonder if he's still kind of hurt. But then, no, he's back, he's in the Royal Rumble. So it's like, okay, he's not hurt, apparently. So they, I don't know why they subbed Finn in there. And now he, you know, I was like, okay, okay, maybe... Maybe they're going to give him the big spotlight at the Royal Rumble. They're going to, I mean, at WrestleMania, they're going to make a big deal of crowning Brock, Le- I mean, of crowning Braun Strowman over Brock Lesnar. But no, no, it looks like Seth got the win. So I've been, I was kind of confused. But, uh, but I mean, hey, I mean, anybody who didn't have Seth Rollins near the top of their predictions list has obviously just not been paying attention for the last year or five. Yes, no, absolutely. This, listen, this was the, it was the right time to pull the trigger on Seth winning the Rumble. Like it, it would have been a mistake not to. The, the stars have all sort of aligned for him. He had a great year last year. He was riding all the momentum in the world, uh, and it was just it was the right decision to make, and they made it thankfully. And more, more, and not just because I'm I'm a Seth fan, but also, excuse me, <clears throat> I was saying a lot on the pond recently. You know, I mean the. We joke about Del Rio and Sheamus and so forth. The reason why that didn't really work is because it wasn't like they went into the Rumble. It's not like they screamed out, you know, I should win this Rumble match at the time that the Rumble happened. They were kind of a bit sort of out of left field when they won. You could even argue Shinsuke was last year. Uh, And so it just, it didn't really seem to coalesce in the way that perhaps the company wanted. And I still think that's largely why we had a sudden slew of like, John Cena winning another one and Randy Orton winning another one and, you know, Batista coming back and winning another one um, because they didn't have great follow-up with Sheamus and Del Rio and, and so forth. But, you know, Shinsuke won last year, Seth won, won this year, contemporary stars, back to winning Royal Rumbles like they should be, uh, winning Royal Rumbles in a way that, that should get people excited about WrestleMania because that means the focus is going to be on contemporary wrestlers. And and this year as well, not just Seth winning, but you had you know the, the last four. You had Braun, you had Andrade, who had a hell of a show in tonight. You had Dolph Ziggler randomly in there. You know Drew McIntyre had a great show in tonight. Some of Joe had a great show in tonight. Mustafa Ali had a great show in tonight. Look at all the NXT guys who popped up: Johnny Gargano, Alistair Black, positioned as proper stars. It was a very positive uh, Royal Rumble match. And while I can't really recall most of it because I was so tense and on the edge of my seat the whole way through that I couldn't relax. Um, I, I know enough to know that even though it felt like a bit of a generic rumble in a lot of ways, at the same time, it was one that was refreshing because the focus was very much, you know, outside of Angle and, and, and the Jarrett thing early on, um, the focus felt largely on and mostly on the stars of today. Yeah, they kind of got that stuff out of the way early on and then kind of rolled into just, yeah, just kind of the focus was indeed on the contemporary stars aside from, you know, I mean, Randy was in there late and Rey Mysterio and stuff, but they're, they're contemporary. I mean, they're still actively competing on a weekly basis. So, you know, I mean, Hey, that counts in my face, you know, I would say. And Uh, and even, even as, I mean, even if you see them as kind of vets who, who maybe are past their prime or whatever, they weren't, it's not like they were invasive in the match. You know, they weren't dominating the match or getting the moments or anything like that. They were just there really, it felt like to boost the numbers. Which is fine. Right, right. I mean, you know, they were, you know, there to kind of boost the younger talent, really. You know, yeah. it was just to make the younger guys look good for having eliminated them, you yes. know. 
Um, which is, you know, that that's fine. That's kind of the the role that we're used to seeing those people serve, you know, at least in, in old school, more old school rumbles. Uh, but yeah, I would say that this one's going to fit nicely in with just kind of, it'll be nice middle of the pack rumble, I would say, that, uh, that had a, really, a pretty cool ending. Uh, we had the one point where it came down to like Dolph Ziggler and Andrade were in the ring. And I'm just like, wait a minute, because I, I, I hadn't been paying attention. Like I was paying attention, but not paying attention. You know what I mean? It was one of those things where all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute. Did I, did I miss something? What happened? Huh? Are these the final two? And for a moment, I both got confused and kind of excited about WrestleMania <laughs> and, and, and the prospects of either Dolph Ziggler or, or Andrade Cien Almas, or I guess he's no longer Cien Almas, uh, just headlining the the pay-per-view that was i don't know it threw me off a little bit and then braun showed back up and then seth poked his up like a groundhog and i was like okay okay there we go these guys are still at it it's going to come down to them and then very quickly the other two guys were gone so everything the, the world was righted i suppose uh but yeah i would say it was a pretty damn good royal rumble and uh but i, I must say that um I don't know. I think that maybe the women's rumble outperformed the men's rumble this year. I thought that it was very entertaining. I thought that there were some real uh, star turns in the mix of all that. I thought that, man, Charlotte was just – Charlotte was on a different plane this evening. Uh, she very – more than any other time I think I've ever seen, she was very much channeling her father this evening. Uh, she was very Rick tonight, and uh, it was very entertaining. Um, the I guess the, the thing that everybody's kind of picking on is that they did – kind of similar tropes in 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 both rumbles where somebody got hurt and then somebody takes their place and and in the women's case of the women's rumble that wound up being Becky Lynch taking uh, Lana's place and she went on to win the whole thing in the case of the men's rumble of course it was uh it was our truth coming out at number 30 uh Nia Jax attacked him out there uh on the ramp and wound up coming in and and being mildly impressive uh, until she wound up just like taking all of the finishing moves as though she was in the woman's rumble or something like that. Um, and that was, that was an interesting turn. I saw a lot of people kind of halfway up uh, people being pissy over the fact that she eliminated Mustafa Ali. And I'm just like, so like she weighs like a hundred more pounds. Than him. <laughs> I mean, and who cares if she's a woman or not? She's, she's a lot bigger than that dude. And, and he kind of refused to hit her and stuff. So you know, well, the, I mean, the only, the, the only issue I really had with, with that was that um, I don't see what the point is in having two separate gender-specific Royal Rumbles if one gender is then going to turn up in the other. Like, if, if you're going to have that kind of thing happen, why not just have right. one Royal Rumble? Like, what's the point in having two gender-specific ones, if, especially when it leads to five-hour pay-per-views? So it's like, have, do one or do the other. Don't try and constantly have your cake and eat, because it starts to sort of play right. havoc with the uh the in-universe uh logic which you know in wwe is <laughs> it, yeah, it comes with the territory really but um i thought as well i thought as well it was it just all felt a bit gimmicky and kind of to me it sort of i mean apart from a certain ugly humor to it that i didn't really care much for there was it, it seemed to take the wind out of the sails of the Rumbles work really well when they when they build relentlessly up to that sort of final few, uh, and I thought it just felt like a bit of a jarring distraction to do it at the point that they did it as well. Especially because well, like, there was think... that weird moment after the RKO when Ray and Orton sort of just stood looking at it for five minutes and didn't do anything. I was like, someone do something. 
Right. Well, I think that more damaging to the usual excitement of the Final Four was what I just mentioned a moment ago, where you're like, wait a minute. Why are Andrade and Dolphin there? And then slowly but surely we introduce a couple more people. And by the time you've got your final four, it's kind of not four anymore. And you're just – it was confusing. Um, it, we never did get that moment where, like, everybody stands and looks at one another. And you're like, oh, shit, one of these guys is going to WrestleMania. And I, I, Yeah, I, I guess the, the put the two together and what you, what you conclude is that maybe the, the sort of the last five minutes of the men's match was a bit kind of um, – Gimmicky, juddery, and and kind of broken and and stuff, and and by comparison to the to the final five minutes of the women's match, which was incredibly smooth yes. and and very well put together, I do feel like that's a little bit misleading in the sense that you know for the majority of the women's match, I wasn't I was watching it and it was fine, but I, it didn't really it was it was just fine. Um, I really liked what they did with uh, Riot Squad. I thought that was really cool, where they yes. were sort of pulling them out of the ring and beating them up and then throwing them back in. We've never really seen that done before. I liked that they had Zelina do the Jerry Lawler tribute by hiding under the ring, um, yes. which was which was fun. Could have done without them then repeating it in the men's match, um, but with Kurt Hawkins. But um, especially because they also repeated, like you said earlier, they also repeated the other trope of someone getting hurt and being replaced or whatever. Um, so yeah, but so generally speaking, there were a couple of things. I, at Charlotte, you're absolutely bang on. Was she came to play tonight? I mean, she really was out there to to perform, uh, and I think she did brilliantly. Not shocked that Becky won it because I think that's the uh, the in for them to do the triple threat, which is for Becky to say I'm challenging Ronda Rousey, but for Charlotte to turn up and say, well, you weren't ever officially a proper entrant in the match which means I was the last woman standing, so really I should be the one getting it. And that's how you work your way into that triple threat situation. Um, I would much rather Becky be Ronda one-on-one and ask if Charlotte rematch, but you know WWE seemed to want to do this this triple threat, so whatever. But uh, generally speaking, the women's one, I thought it was better than last year's, um, but there was a few... Um, I mean, I thought Lacey Evans looked very green, in there, and I thought, what was the the Ninja Warrior chick as well? Um, oh, uh, Casey Catanzaro. Yeah, it was a nice showing for her, but again, you know, uh, I love that Rhea Ripley turned up, and I kind of wish she'd have had, a, if anything, a bigger role to play. Uh, and I loved everything that the Iconics did. I thought they were wild. Oh yeah. Um, so there were there were sort of performances in there that I really liked, um, but and and the the sort of the final five minutes or so I thought were fantastic. Really took it to another level. The major- and I liked what the right squad did. Otherwise, the majority of the match, it was, like I said, it was good. Yeah, there was nothing really amazingly special about it, but it it was consistent, and uh, there were some good performances scattered throughout, and it had its entertainment factor and everything. Um, and it, it also kind of benefited from the fact that, you know, of the repeated tropes, it did them first. So, at least this evening. So, I mean, that, that really kind of helped it a little bit. Um, the The one thing that really... I, I guess I'm, I was kind of initially got my hackles up over seeing people upset about the whole Nia Jax thing on Twitter, especially. Uh, but in, in I, I think I, yeah, yeah, her showing up in the men's match. Um, I and and my, I stand by my hackles being up for the reasoning because people were just bitching because it was like, oh, why would a woman eliminate Mustafa Ali? Uh, okay, well, that's not a reason to be pissed off. Uh, but a good reason to be pissed off about it is what you mentioned. Like, why even bother having the two matches mm-hmm. if you're just going to do that? Because now, doesn't that just open the door for, say, Braun Strowman to enter the Women's Royal Rumble Absolutely. next year and murder everyone? 
Absolutely. I mean, precisely, te- yeah. technically speaking, uh, you know, if and if we're now entering a world where let's say that, you know, Nia came in late, let's say that she had offhandedly won the damn thing. She could go on to challenge the champion of her choice. Does that mean that were Braun Strowman to enter the Women's Royal Rumble next year, he could then challenge, say, Alexa Bliss for the Raw Women's Championship? Yeah, I mean, it, it, I just, mean, it, opens, up a, it opens up a Pandora's box, doesn't it? Absolutely. It just doesn't need to be, doesn't need to be opened up. So, absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. That, it just, I, I get that it was cool, uh, but it would have been cool like two years ago as opposed to in the yes. modern contemporary realm that we live in, um, that needs to be the last time that that ever happens, unless we distinctly have a scenario in which a woman is going to enter exclusively men's competition, like China. If, if we've got a China-type situation, fine. But no more Beth Phoenix, no more, no more Karma, no more Nia Jax-type situations, because they just don't make any damn sense. Yeah, the status quo has changed, so you've got to, you've got to change your habits with the with the status quo, you're giving the women their own Royal Rumble match now. You're giving them that platform for a specific reason, so let them you know let them run with it. And it's not like that you know it's not like Nia wasn't featured heavily in the women's match either. Oh, absolutely. You know she was she was a ma- presented as a major threat. I just didn't understand it. And I think it's the kind of thing when you go back and you watch Rumbles back, you know, like I did this year for my my top sixty non-winning performances in in Rumble history series, and I watched them all back. It's that kind of gimmicky stuff that often sort of mars rumble matches in 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 retrospect from being one of the one of the greats because you know you you watch it's like the fact that Dean Ambrose didn't win in 2016 you know if Ambrose had won in 2016 it'd be an all time great the fact it doesn't kind of stops it from being that I don't know I have I, you know like I said I need to go back and rewatch this year's men's match because I, I can barely remember any of it. Um, but it, it's the kind of thing that generally doesn't play well when you... Like 2012, you know, you watch 2012 back and you've got the three announcers in there and you've got, uh, you know, Ricardo Rodriguez in there and you've got extended Santino Morella bit in there and you've got Karma showing up and everything. It, it just watches like a joke when you watch it back. Um, and it, so, yeah, I, I didn't understand it and I'm not sure what it what it really achieved in retrospect. And I think it kind of took the focus away from building towards a finish that had a bit more of an emotional impact than it might otherwise have had. Um, I mean, like you said, that wasn't helped by the fact that you kind of not didn't just write Seth out of the match for a little bit. You also bizarrely, I didn't understand why they wrote Strowman out of it for a little bit, why they had him on the outside. It seemed odd to do that. So, um, yeah. Yeah. But I, have was... to, I mean, I, I mean, I have to say with the men's match, my, my, my initial impression is, as I said earlier with the women's, that it was a, it was a, and as you were sort of saying earlier, Steve, you know, middle of the pack, just a solid Royal Rumble match. Um, yeah. That, that, I mean, there was nothing in there that first impressions really stands out in terms of like that was an incredible moment or that was an awesome, you know, set piece or anything. Um, but obviously, it's always going to have, you know, my guy won it, dude, and and the you right, know, not only my favorite ever wrestler, but it's my favorite ever match. As well, my favorite ever wrestler winning my favorite ever match. Like, that's just so many levels of awesome to me. Um, I have seen already a lot of negativity online about the winner being predictable or uh, generic or whatever. And this is something that isn't new. I remember in 2009 when Orton won, a lot of people complained about how obvious the winner was. Um, I'd say two things to that. The first is it's a myth that the Rumble always has unpredictable winners because the 90% of the Rumbles, when they happened, had a pretty predictable winner. 
Oh, and absolutely. Reason, anybody who reason, anybody who didn't know that Shawn Michaels or Steve Austin were winning their Royal Rumbles were they? You weren't paying attention. Exactly. You know, it was <laughs> obvious Hogan would win in ninety and ninety one. It was obvious that The Rock would win in two thousand. I mean, the list goes on. Um, uh, correction, that, correction. The Rock did not win the two thousand Royal Rumble. Oh, no, all right, fine. The Big well, you know, Show. One, you know what? The well, yeah, well, Royal Steve Rumble. Austin didn't win. In that case, Steve Austin didn't win 1997. Bret Hart did. No, that's not the case. It is absolutely the case. No, because the Rock, was, was, the Rock was, was declared the winner in 2000 because Big Show's feet. Uh, yes, but then the but the Big Show presented video evidence that proved that he was the rightful winner of the Royal Rumble. Yeah, right. And we've got the video evidence that Bret Hart was the rightful winner of the Royal Rumble in 1997. No, but nah. Steve Austin's feet nah. touched the floor. Nah. Anyway, we get sidetracked. The point is, I'm not. You shit on Seth early. Now you're trying to shit on Bret too. <laughs> um, the point is um, that uh, I've told. Oh, that was the point. That oh, the and reason why most of the time the winners, the winners of the, mo- the reason most of the time the winner of the Royal Rumble is 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 predictable is because you've got to strike the balance between what makes you know of, of doing something that's entertaining, but also what makes sense for the stories that should be happening headed into WrestleMania uh, oh, and. And, you know, Seth winning is a story that makes sense heading into WrestleMania. I'm not saying he was the only option, but I think you'd be hard-pressed to argue that he wasn't one of the most sensible options. Well, so, I mean, and it's, again, not just because it's Seth. I've rejected this argument in the past when Autumn Warren went to see the one in 2013. You know, a lot of the time, the obvious winner wins because it's the one that makes the most sense. Right. I mean... They have opened the door to like last year with with Nakamura winning. It wasn't necessarily predictable, uh, but they they with the brand split they kind of opened the door for you to have a little bit more unpredictability because even though someone wins the Royal Rumble, that doesn't mean they're closing the show, you know. Um, and in this case, yeah. I'm not even entirely sure that Seth Rollins will be closing the show. I, I've, I don't. He will. I, I, I've got a question mark going on right now as to who he's going to be challenging. I, I don't think that it would be a shock in the least to have him jump over to SmackDown where he's not been in forever, um, and, and challenge Daniel Bryan. I think that would be a hellacious match, for one thing. Uh, and I do think that Daniel's kind of done with AJ, it seems, a little bit. I at this hope point. so. Um, yeah, I could watch him wrestle another time. It's just that it, oh. it, it would well, – I mean, well, I mean, it just wouldn't – there's nothing left for them to really do. I mean, it, it's – I, I, I'm not mad at the matches. You know, they're good matches. It's – it's very similar to what we were talking about last year with AJ and Samoa Joe. We just kind of got tired of seeing them wrestle, but not because the matches were bad, just because it was like, okay, like what else are you going to do to each other? You know, um, we've kind of seen it. Um, and that would kind of be that thing. But I, I think that, you know, Daniel Bryan versus Seth Rollins is something of a marquee match that a lot of people could hang their hat on. And as I was calling it last year, when, when Nakamura won and was going to face AJ, it was kind of, it was the Smarks match, you know. It was throwing the Smarks a bone so that we could have, and I hate using that term, but I, just for lack of better verbiage, um, it was their match so that we could do the thing with Brock Lesnar, you know. Um, and the thing with Brock Lesnar, who knows what that's going to wind up being? I think there's a good possibility it'll still wind up being Braun, uh, but we'll see. We'll see. A lot of people seem to think that this, that the whole um, that the Finn Balor thing is not done, and after the performance this evening, I kind of. I think that Finn kind of got handled pretty handily, if you will. Um, it's not like – sure, he he knocked him around a bit, but had Brock not run into a, an announce table, it would have been a massacre. So, you know. I think, 
I think it's worth people remembering that we still there's two pay-per-views in February, first of all, that we need to get, both of which are dual-branded. Uh, neither Royal Rumble winner tonight announced which champion they were explicitly no. challenging. So the first thing is, as you're quite right to point out, Steve, there's absolutely no guarantee. I mean, my instinct is that it probably would be Seth v. Brock just because you've got the whole Roman thing sort of hanging in the in the background and Seth has been quite vocal about the part-timer thing on Raw in what has felt like a very deliberate way recently. Um, but having said that, you know, it's far from a guarantee that you, you could very well be right. They might go for, you know, Rollins versus uh, Bryan to appease the the sort of the internet going audience. But the other thing is, there's no guarantee that Brian's going to be WWE champion come WrestleMania. There's no guarantee Brock Lesnar is going to be universal champion come WrestleMania. There's a lot that can still change between now and then. So, and I guess that also feeds into the fact that even if you thought tonight's winner was a little bit predictable in either one of the two matches, that doesn't mean that the WrestleMania main event, uh, you know, as, as much as there are obvious likelihoods at this point, there's no guarantee still. And, and we've seen in the past, you know, in, in this sort of, um, this, I guess, distant past at this point, that with Elimination Chamber and, and other February pay-per-views, WWE are more than willing and more than able to play some kind of crazy shenanigans to totally switch around the 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 card that you think is likely to happen. Um, so right. there's still a lot of, uh, there's still a lot to be determined yet. All we know for certain is that Becky's challenging for a title and Seth's challenging for a title. That's it. Yeah, we don't know if anybody else is going to be involved in either of those matches. We don't know right. which, who they're even facing. We don't know if they're switching shows, staying on their own. We have no idea what is going on, really, aside from those things. Because, yeah, as you mentioned, nobody made any challenges, um, at least not on the air. And I haven't seen anything since the show went off the air about that. So I'm guessing we haven't found anything out. We might tomorrow night. But even that is kind of a question mark at this point. They might play it out like they did Asuka last year and just make us wait until, like, seemingly five minutes before WrestleMania. Um, so I, I guess we'll see. Um, but, you know, I, I didn't think that it was too predictable, though it was not unpredictable, I suppose. Um, they had some fun with the Becky thing, especially in the Women's Rumble, you know, really didn't anticipate her being in there. I think because she had been in the match earlier, I mean, that's not unprecedented, but it's far from normal, you know. Um, and I mean, much like you said with these, you know, your guy won, your favorite guy won this evening, and that's pretty damn cool. Uh, I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna have fond memories of this uh, of the women's rumble this cool. evening uh, because uh, Becky Lynch is my lady friend's favorite wrestler by a pretty wide margin, um, and she had to work this evening uh, and she unfortunately got home a little bit late. She didn't get to see the Oscar and Becky match and she got home about halfway through the women's match and she was interested, but not invested. If that makes sense, you know, because uh, her fa her favorites are Becky, Oscar and Rhonda and they had all already performed. So it was kind of like, you know, she was interested in seeing what happened, but not really invested in the outcome until Becky Lynch walked out there and then she lost her mind, which caused all four dogs to lose their minds. And like, everybody's jumping up and down and screaming and yelling and barking. And it, it was a memory that I'm going to be carrying with me for a little while. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to look back fondly on the women's Royal rumble this evening. Uh, and depending on how things work out with Seth and everything and how the story goes and how, what matches result from it, I may well look back pretty fondly on the men's rumble as well. Uh, I'm obviously not as jazzed about Seth winning as you are, but I'm far from upset about it. So, you know, um, yeah, I would say that overall, just kind of the thing I'm carrying away from this Royal rumble pay-per-view 
is that it was uh, it, it was pretty good. I, I, I really did not have any issues with tonight's show, and uh, rather enjoyed it, actually. It was, it was nice to just be able to sit back and enjoy a Royal Rumble for a Royal Rumble. You know, there was no... You didn't have to worry about any huge gimmicky stuff. Like, I mean, even last year with the Women's Rumble, I really enjoyed last year's Women's Rumble match, but it was, I mean, the story there was, oh, which woman from the past is going to come out next, you know? And, you know, the the Men's Rumble has been that for a while. What surprise is going to happen? It was both somewhat disappointing and and pleasantly surprising in some ways that there were no gimmicky things really, really that happened in tonight's rumble. Well, we didn't have like Bray Wyatt didn't come walking out. We didn't have the return of Kevin Owens or, you know, there was no big thing like that. It was just kind of straightforward Royal Rumble, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and it feels refreshing for that. Um, there's a, there's a, I think there's a, Granted, I haven't really tested this theory, so I don't know if it, if it holds true or not, but I feel certainly like there's this belief that's developed that it's just traditional at Royal Rumble to get these, you know, big surprises or, or whatever. And truthfully, it's not really. I mean, you go back to the first five or ten years of it, uh, and it was very much what we saw tonight, um, you know, for, for, for a good long while uh, you know, it was just a straightforward. Ultimately, the Royal Rumble is a number one contenders match. Absolutely. So, so the minute that you start breaking down Jeff Jarrett turning up, or you start thinking about something like 2012, where you've got all these crazy, like the whole fabric of it falls falls apart completely. It's it's, and that's why I've always been very very like hardline against novelty entrance because it was never a tradition to begin with. Uh, even though WWE would seem to again want to condition us to believe otherwise. Uh, and it and it attacks the baseline purpose behind the Royal Rumble match, which is to determine who's challenging for a world championship at WrestleMania. I mean, it's a it's a pet peeve of mine that the announcers now sort of talk about how the reward is a match at WrestleMania more than it is a world title opportunity. When really, what you're vying for is a chance not to wrestle at WrestleMania; it's a chance to wrestle for the world championship. The fact that right. the main event of WrestleMania is an extra boon that excuses the fact you've got to go through 29 other people. You know, but it, so that that kind of uh, irks me a little bit. But it was nice to get get to get a more back to basics approach to it, and I I almost hope that it's something of a soft reset for the gimmick these last two years. Um, you know, because last year was was you know, except in the women's match, you can kind of excuse it for the women's match because it was the first ever and it was treated as like a, the, a deliberate theme of. Right, you know, it's a celebration of women's wrestling or whatever. Um, but the men's match last year, from from memory, was largely mostly void of of novelty. This year's was largely void of novelty. Again, you had a couple of bits at the start, but it kind of got sort of shafted aside quite quickly and sort of okay, we've done that bit now. Let's move on. Um, and hopefully, you know that that can now continue and we can go back to a Royal Rumble that is a bit more back to basics and that is a bit more focused on just being a good Royal Rumble match. Because uh, I missed the days where, you know, it was nice. This I tell you what was nice this year was to be able to get excited about Royal Rumble weekend, uh, and to go into it without the same, quite the same degree of trepidation or fear that I've had to go into it with for what feels like the longest time now, dating all the way back to like 2013. You know, when you know it was like which, you know, which bizarre winner, you know, is it going to be Cena or in Triple H? But you know, which non-contemporary guy is going to take this from the contemporary guys this year? 
Uh, and that, that sense of dread wasn't there quite so much this year. Uh, and I hope that that means next year. And actually, I said, and it kind of applies specifically to the women's match, but also generally to both, that if anything, it was, it was, the pressure was on them more this year than it was last year. Last year, it was all about, you know, let's hope a contemporary guy wins it. And they did, and that was great. This year, it was about making sure to establish that as a pattern rather than a one-off. And by Seth winning it after Shinsuke won it last year, I think it only increases the chances of another contemporary guy winning it again next year. And then we can reestablish that pattern and get rid of this toxic habit they've had in the last few years. And with the women's match, the, the pressure was the pressure was greater to succeed this year than last because they didn't have the crutch to lean on of we'll celebrate women's wrestling with all these novelty pops. You know, they had to the, the contemporary roster had to go out there and prove that they had the 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 teeth to make this success year in and year out. And I think that they did that. Yeah, I would say so as well. Uh, That was really the test. I think this year for the women's Royal rumble specifically was, Mm. can it still be a thing? Can it survive? It is the division strong enough to carry it flat out there really uh, without all of the gimmickry involved. And kind of, like you said, it was almost like the women's division's greatest hits last year. You know, you had, a lot of women involved that were almost symbolic of the women who couldn't be there to some degree, you know, um, and, and just to kind of, you know, showcase women's wrestling. And, and that was fine. That was fine for what it was, but could it do it again? Um, and I think that they showed that they could. Uh, I, I think that the rumbles this evening were pretty equal. Actually. I, I think that the rumble matches were on pretty equal footing for the most part this year, though. I do think that the execution of the ending por- portion of the women's match was better done than the men's. Um, But apart from that, I would say that they were pretty even keel um, there between the two, even down to the winner. I mean, if you really look at it, the winners of the Royal Rumbles this evening were the two, the man and the woman who last year, everybody sang from the rooftops were the best performers in their respective divisions. So, I mean, this is, I mean, if this was predictable, it was only predictable, really flat out predictable because of the fact that, WWE is currently in this whole we're remaking everything and it's all fan friendly and like you're the boss and all that shit. You know, um, if anything, it was predictable because of that, because you kind of have going into it just with the way things have been going lately. You were almost kind of predisposed to think, oh, they're probably going to give us exactly what they think we want. And they did. Yeah, and that's why fans sometimes need to be, uh, we need to be careful uh, with the complaining sometimes because they, there are times like tonight when they give us what is quite easily perceivable to be what we supposedly want. And then if we start rejecting that, that's when they go, okay, well, well, they didn't like that, so we'll have to bring Triple H out next year or we'll have to bring exactly. the And that's how you get back into that cycle. So it's about recognizing, even if, even if it's not specifically what you want, that it's WWE making a, a conscious and genuine effort to give yes. the fans what they want and, and appreciating that on their part. Not necessarily because you're obligated to like something that you might not like, but just to, to prevent WWE from going back to those horrible habits that none of us really like when it all boils down to it. Uh, and like you say, I mean, it's a great point that I hadn't considered, actually, Steve. You know, the winners of the two Royal Rumbles this year, for the men, is the the performer that everyone said sort of owned the first half of, of 2018, and, and for the women is the performer who many said owns the second half of 2018. Uh, and and in a way, it's kind of like, isn't that what the Royal Rumble should probably be every year, is recognizing who was the hottest performers for the past 12 months and rewarding them right. with a high-profile match at WrestleMania? Like, that, to me, seems to be 
the formula to follow. That's what it used to be. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, I mean, look at Bret Hart, Lex Luger. Look at, uh, you know, I mean, Shawn Michaels with both of his. Uh, look at Austin. I mean, just anybody that you want to point at, you know, prior to, I guess, the the modern age, prior to the John Cena era, really, and even on into the Cena era. Um, you know, most of them had the hot hand coming into it. It's like we said earlier, you know, it's it's not typically that unpredictable who the winner is going to be. Nine times out of ten, it's kind of written on the wall, or at least, you know, it's it, it's One not that yeah, it's it's not that hard to figure out. Like this year, it wouldn't have surprised me to see, for instance, Drew McIntyre, uh, or Braun Strowman, or Seth Rollins, or even Dean. Uh, there there were a handful of guys that I was like, okay, you know, it, it could very easily be these guys. Um, but you know, Seth was among that lot. Does that mean that it was predictable? No, not really. Um, no more so than the majority of Royal Rumbles. So. Yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. And that only again serves to to prove what I was saying earlier, that it felt like a back to basics approach this evening in both of them, and I and I really really appreciate that. Um, and it's been a long time. I mean, outside the fact that I was so heavily invested in in Seth winning that it was just a horrible tense hour for me. Um, it felt, you know, generally speaking, the evening felt like I haven't been that relaxed watching a, a Royal Rumble pay per view in a very 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 long time. It feels like. Uh, and and so and it was awesome for that, and I hope that that now continues on. You know, same here. Um, we do have other stuff to talk about aside from the rumble matches. Uh, as I mentioned, kind of at the top of the show, the rumble matches were really the story this evening. There was some other stuff that happened, but nothing really all that incredibly noteworthy, to be honest. Uh, so we're going to kind of breeze through some of it. Uh, but, you know, hey, we're going to talk about every bit of it, uh, even if it is just briefly on some of it. We're just going to kind of touch and go on some of them because, I mean, really, I mean, do we? Do you guys really want to hear us talk for 15 minutes about Chad Gable and Bobby Roode versus Razor and Scott Dawson? Uh, because, because I don't want to hear that. Um, so uh, we're going to do that, but we're going to do that here in just one moment. Before we get to that, we're going to take a quick break, pay a couple bills here on LOP Radio, and then we will be right back at you. So if you don't mind, check out this right here. I really expected to hear that this evening. I like. Yeah, I, I, so did I. Yeah. Of, of any of the people who are kind of MIA at the moment and and are you know predicted to come back any time now, I, I genuinely thought we were going to hear that one, uh, but we didn't. Uh, I, I figured we might hear Matt Hardy. Uh, I, I thought that uh, let's see here, Matt uh, Harper and Rowan that we had kind of seen. Rowan earlier on in the show, oddly. Um, you know, there were there's a handful of guys. Uh, I mentioned earlier Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. Uh, Lars Sullivan was a guy who I thought we might see. I really anticipated EC3 in this thing this evening. Um, but no, uh, not so much. Uh, there, there weren't a lot of surprises, at least outside of what has now become, uh, I guess, the new tradition of the last few years. Uh, they threw some NXT guys into the mm-hmm. mix, like uh, it's specifically Johnny Gargano, uh, Aleister Black. So... Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was really, it was really awesome seeing Pete Dunne, and you know, I mean, so, so our, our Australian friend Sir Sam, uh, good day, Sam. That's my Australian accent, in case you couldn't tell. Um, was uh, talked to me on Twitter, uh, and I, you know, agree wholeheartedly with him. What was great to see was that they used those NXT entrants in a way that really showcased them. I mean, yeah. I imagine with someone like Alistair Black, given what happened at Takeover, that maybe he's probably going to end up on the main roster over the next week, perhaps. 
Um, and uh, this serves as an introduction to that. But it was cool to see him get a nice big uh, elimination in the form of Ambrose. You know, his Black Master Ambrose eliminating Dean was a really cool moment. Um, you know, Gargano. Who eliminated Gargano? Oh, who did eliminate Gargano? It was... Uh, I can't remember. It was... I have like uh, a big, big name, though. It was somebody significant. Uh, um, it, it, it was not someone insignificant. <laughs> no, well, quite. Um, so, yeah, so it was it was cool to see see that NXT lot get treated uh, like stars. Yeah, yeah, and they and they really did. They really did. Uh, they they did a good job of of highlighting everybody who really should have been highlighted this evening. And uh, I've yeah, I, I like the way that they played the the NXT entrance. Um, I, I I I must admit that I kind of sympathize with poor Cedric Alexander, uh, who tweeted out that he's just kind of done uh, because there were no two hundred five live entrants into the Royal Rumble this year, unfortunately, um, which is kind of lame. To be honest, uh, you know, if we can have, you know, a random lady walk up in there when she's had her own rumble earlier this evening, um, you know, and random NXT guys walking into the mix. uh, Yeah, no, no 205 Live guys. And that was that was kind of surprising. I would have at least expected to see like Buddy Murphy, you know, Uh, but no, not not a not Um, a soul. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I don't really thought about that. I mean, I, um, it, it, it didn't hurt my feelings too bad or anything, but I could see where it would be kind of like, oh, that sucks, you know? Yeah, if I'm Cedric Alexander yeah. or any of the 205 guys, I'm kind of sitting at home going, damn, you know? All that hard work last year for what, yeah. Um, yeah, I think Just on the point about, you know, us not, again, coming back to, you know, there was no Bray Wyatt or Kevin Owens or anyone come back. It may be naivety on my part, but I... I like that as a, I take that as a positive sign as well that they're not just bringing back guys for the sake of it that maybe they're holding back on them because there's just no plan for them. Oh yeah, yeah. Hopefully um, so. I just I, 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 I just anticipated they would that this would be the leaping off point to getting those guys involved in something for Mania season. I guess the I guess the relatively sad thing is is that you know you think about the prominence of of guys like Ray and Orton and stuff who've shown that they've still got Jeff Hardy. Shown they've still got something to contribute, but it's kind of like I, I guess I wish those were the spots being taken by guys like Owens and Zayn and and Wyatt. But you know, right. I, I'm beginning to I'm beginning to nitpick with that. Yeah, I mean, it's I get what you mean though. I mean, it it, it would be nice to see some of these guys get highlighted, but I mean, I guess you can't highlight every single young guy sure. in the company. You have to at some point you have to kind of temper those expectations. Uh, we did get some good highlights for some guys this evening. Gargano looked good. Pete Dunn looked amazing. Pete, but Pete Dunn took down fucking Drew McIntyre. Like, in the midst of McIntyre yeah. basically dominating the Rumble and beating everybody's ass, here comes Pete Dunn, of all people, to take him down. Like, by it was... Fingers. Yeah, yeah by the fingers. Pete Dunn, that's what's great about Pete Dunn, is you can believe that he can fight these people because... Absolutely. Not because he's the same size as them, but because he brings them down to size by just the simplest means. It's so fantastic. Just on the on the note of Drew, and I know we said we'd talk about other stuff, but um, I have to say the the way that Drew entered, like the way they produced his entrance, I thought was phenomenal. You know, you had no way Jose doing his like conga line up the up the aisleway. Drew, Drew's music hits, and he kind of and they kept. Uh, they kept Jose sort of in the corner of the screen and drew in the distance, and he kind of emerged from the blue light and the smoke with his, you know, his coat billowing behind him. It's, it was a real kind of badass moment. And the way that No Way Jose sold it and stuff, it felt like okay, business has just picked up, um, right. which and, and is exactly that, the uh, kind of atmosphere you want around Drew McIntyre. 
Well, that was exactly the case as well, because that was the turning point for that rumble. That was really kind of the the symbolism of that was, okay, we're done with the fun stuff. Like, yeah. no more No Way Jose, no more Jeff Jarrett. No, the, the silly things yeah. are over. It's time to start the rumble in earnest. Uh, aside from the Nia Jax thing, which I, I wouldn't necessarily call that a joke. I would just say that it was... It was ill-advised from a continuity standpoint. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, at any rate, uh, there were other things that went on this evening. I mentioned it before we went to break. Chad Gable and Bobby Roode teamed up to take on Rezar and Scott Dawson. Um, that's a thing that happened, and I didn't see it. Uh, and apparently it was like, hey, if Rezar and Dawson agree to team with one another, then they each can get title shots or something or something like that. Um, did you even see this match? I saw it, I did, yeah. It was a bit rough around the edges. Uh, the chemistry seemed slightly off, but it's going to be because you put two guys together who don't normally wrestle with each other. Uh, the positive takeaway from it would be, I guess, that um, they hadn't advertised, I don't think, the Raw, the Raw tag team uh, division to be anywhere on the show. So at least they're trying to get them some some TV time, I guess. Yeah, at least they were in the mix. Um, Gable and Rude come away with the victory, which really kind of defeats the purpose of putting those two random guys together. Though, I mean, honestly, I, I don't necessarily, I wouldn't have necessarily wanted them to beat the tag team champions, but still, it just makes one ponder why they did it in the first place. Um, just kind of an d- odd match to throw into the mix. Uh, you know, we could have had a cruiserweight match or something like that, but no, instead, we did that. Um, okay, cool. Um we moved on from there to the United States Championship being on the line. It was Shinsuke Nakamura taking on the U.S. champion, Rusev. Um, and this one I didn't see either, unfortunately. I didn't get to see the pre-show. Um, and it ended kind of in a wonky way. It would appear I saw the st- they were talking about it on the actual show, where uh, basically Nakamura was cheating and taking the turnbuckle pad off. Lana got up on the apron to be like, hey, referee, dude's cheating. Um, the referee seemed to acknowledge this, but didn't give a shit. Um, and Rusev then ran into Lana, knocking her down. She hurt her ankle. This would lead to some shenanigans in the Royal Rumble match later, the women's Royal Rumble match. Uh, so it was nice to see that continuity throughout the evening. Um, however, that having been said, it did ultimately wind up being what cost Rusev the match and the United States championship. So Shinsuke Nakamura is once again, the U S champion, uh, the, the, uh, Nakamura is is back in full effect here as of, uh, opposed to Rusev Day USA. Um, I, I'm guessing you saw this one as well. Uh, was it any good? I was kind of thinking about going back and revisiting it, but if it's, it was... It's probably, yeah, no, it's probably worth going back and revisiting. It was better than I expected it to be. Uh, and it's what, one reason why I always watch pre-shows is because every now and then you get a pretty solid, you know, a pretty solid uh, match on there. Um, I definitely I enjoyed the match where Rusev won the U.S. title from Nakamura. Like I thought that was a really fun match. I've enjoyed their interaction since then. So, you know, I was kind of looking forward to this one. Yeah, I mean, it's probably in that case. Then I'd, I'd definitely say go back and and check it out. You know, it's not. I mean, it, the, the the finish is pretty much exactly the same as the one to um, Rusev's Cena match at WrestleMania. Um, right. But. Uh, most people won't pick up on that. It's just WrestleMania 31 is my favorite, so it's sort of deeply ingrained. Um, and but yeah, no, it was it was better than expected. It exceeded expectations. With a bit of a surprise, uh, I didn't expect the title to switch hands, so that was cool. Yeah, I really wouldn't have called the title switching hands in this one either. Um, it, it seems as though Rusev was the Rusev title reign was them somewhat throwing us a bit of a bone. Um, you know, kind of like, hey, uh, you know, 
we're resetting everything and doing what the fans want. So here's that Rusev guy you guys like so much. He's going to win the U.S. title. Um, it kind of smelled like that to me from the jump, and now it reeks of it. So uh, we'll see if, if that remains true, you know, or if Rusev goes on to do anything of note, or if he just kind of goes back to spinning wheels in the position that he was prior to this little flirtation with the United States Championship. We'll see. We'll see. I doubt that they're done with one another. Um, and I wonder if this is building up to something with Lana and, and all that good stuff, or, or if it's, you know, they've teased that so many times over the years. Ultimately, it, nothing has really come of it of any significance, so I guess we'll see. Uh, but Nakamura is once again your United States champion. And then we did have a Cruiserweight match. It was a fatal four-way for the Cruiserweight title. We had Kalisto taking on Hideo Itami versus Akira Tozawa versus Buddy Murphy. And uh, I must say, has there been any more disappointing major free agent signing of this whole spate of them over the last five, six years than Hideo Itami? Um, Dude was like, it was a big deal when they signed Kenta. Like, I remember people were losing their minds. They sent Hulk Hogan over there and shit. Like, it was a big deal when Kenta signed with WWE. And then this dude has done nothing. Well, to be fair to him... Uh, it's not like they've they've booked him to do anything. Um, you know, he hasn't... Well, to, uh, also, to be fair to them, it's not like he stayed healthy for more than eight months at a time. Well, you know, accidents happen. Dude, dude doesn't purposefully go out and get injured, does he? Well, of course, um, of course. I think what, what I did... I mean, you know, it is true that he hasn't... Um, you know... Hasn't necessarily achieved all that much. What I did like about, I mean, it was it was a great little fatal four way. One of the reasons being that what they did really well was um, sort of present Itami as as something of a sort of a as the, like the major threat in the match. He was kind of presented in this way. He was a big deal. The, yeah, the big deal, the focus of it, and his interactions with Buddy Murphy were really cool. Um, and so, I mean, hopefully that's a sign of things to come. Maybe he will go on to. You know, achieve. I certainly something. hope so. I very much hope so because I mean, he he's definitely got the talent and everything. And I mean, it would just suck for him to leave this, you know, huge career in Japan to come over here and just kind of do nothing, just spin wheels basically for a yeah. whole stretch of time. That that would really kind of be unfortunate. I, I remember when he came in the door, people were you know talking about dream matches against Daniel Bryan and and all this stuff, and that has just never materialized. Um, so maybe it will at some point in the future, but uh, for the time being, uh, I saw the last, I would say, third of this match, and it was definitely very exciting, and everybody was doing exactly what they needed to do. Uh, Tommy, I did notice it seemed like he was being presented as the big deal of the match, and it almost seemed like Murphy was something of an afterthought in the mix of all of it. You know, he, he is uh, perpetually presented as a major threat because he is a major threat, but it almost seemed like they were kind of like, oh, crap, Buddy Murphy might get the win, as opposed to the usual, oh, we, like, how's this guy going to beat Buddy Murphy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think, I don't know. I'd, I've never really got it with Buddy Murphy, to be honest with you. Me either, I, me either. Uh, it's just, you know, it's Cedric Alexander 2.0 to me, which feels, in other words, it feels like the wrong guy to be carrying that championship for a brand that needs to be, you know, in forward motion and, and trying to make it something of a mark uh, and I think that's been Five Live's problem since Neville left you know the one obvious candidate to put that championship on to make waves was Mustafa Ali they never put it on him and then promoted him before he ever got a chance to carry it 
Um, and in the meantime, they gave it to Cedric, who, you know, did a stand-up job in the ring, but they didn't really take the brand places. Now they're giving it to Buddy, who's basically the same thing. I think it's a sign of what they see 205 Live as, which is not a show that should, uh, for lack of a better phrase, get too big for its boots. I, I think they see it as something that should just quietly get on in the background. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I was good with, with Tozawa's flirtation with the championship back during the Neville reign, and you know, it, it wouldn't hurt my feelings to see him get that position again. Uh, I really think the best guy to give it to right now would be a Tommy because, I mean, that would – you just use whatever cachet he's got left, you know, uh, of like, oh, shit, Kenta won the, the 205 Live belt. Maybe I should check it out. You know, I mean, if you're going to have him in there and if he's got this reputation, use it, you know. Uh, try to repair some of the damage that's been done over the last few years. Uh, I think that he would be pretty cool in that position, actually. Uh, but – as it stands right now, Buddy Murphy winds up walking out with the victory, uh, getting the win over Atami. And, uh, yeah, he's still your Cruiserweight champion, and that kind of is what it is at the moment. 205 Live very much in a holding pattern once again. Uh, but, again, kind of just is what it is. We get to the main pay-per-view here. Uh, we were at Chase Field in Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, there were more than 40,000 people in attendance. Uh, that's pretty cool. It had a big feel to it, uh, and, and I, I dug it. I dug the layout. I dug the look. I dug, I dug all the stuff, that uh, all, all the, the staging, I suppose. It, it looked cool tonight. And we began things with the SmackDown Women's Championship. It was Becky Lynch, the man herself, taking on the Empress of Tomorrow, Asuka. Asuka, of course, the defending champion here. And this was one that was kind of hard to predict for me because it was like, okay, are they going to put the strap back on Becky? She's really kind of got the hot hand right now. She's had the hot hand for a good little while. What's the deal with Asuka? You know, they kind of just finally let her kind of get over that hump. Uh, Becky doesn't really need the belt. Asuka could use it. Uh, this is just It was an in- interesting match from a multitude of different ways, not the least of which was, if you're just looking at it from, you know, uh, for lack of a better term, kayfabe perspective, Asuka has really kind of regained a bit of that that unbeatable feel about her. But Becky Lynch has also got that feel going on for her right now. So it was it was kind of interesting to see these two clash at this specific point in their careers. Yeah, I mean, I didn't love it as much as I loved Charlotte's match with Asuka at Mania. No, but, um, same, same, by far. I thought I thought it watched as like a like a lighter version of that same idea, which was that it was quite intense, uh, quite aggressive, um, and and quite sort of, you know, it felt like they were both posturing a little bit as to, to, to prove who was the, you know, the badder woman, um, or indeed the man, I guess. Um, which really was the point. Yeah, no, absolutely. Of course it was. Absolutely. And, and, and I thought that they... I thought that they had a really good match. I mean, I enjoyed it. I think maybe it was it was a little uh, long, uh, but I would say that about every match on the card, other than than the Universal Title match and and the two Rumbles. Um, but otherwise, I thought you know it was competitive. Uh, it it had a, a quite a, a, a shocking ending, which at first, you know, I was like making Becky Lynch tap out. Really, like. That seems like a curious decision if you're positioning it to go up against Ronda Rousey, whose finisher is a submission, um, and, and indeed a, a, an armbar, in fact. Uh, but I think what what turned out brilliantly about that is that you know by the end of the night you've had Becky win a Becky win a Rumble, Charlotte had an incredible performance in the Rumble, 
Ronda did well against Sasha. Asuka tapped Becky out. So everyone came out tonight looking looking better for having done what they did. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that completely. Um, yeah, this really was just kind of a, a, a head-up match between the two of them just to see who's toughest, kind of, you know, who's the man, really. I mean, it, it, was, it was that simple uh, because they are both riding a bit of a wave and, you know, yeah, I, it was it was one of my one of if not my favorite match of the night, uh, with the exception of the uh, the rumble matches, which are always you know they're rumble matches. They're always going to kind of be on a different level to a degree. Uh, but I, I I really enjoyed this match. Thought it was quite good. It was a bit long, uh, but uh, yeah, uh, of all of these matches that we're going to be talking about, other than rumble matches, Becky versus Oscar may have been my favorite. Uh, I, I just really enjoyed it, and part of that is just due to the fact that. I'm on the Becky Lynch bandwagon. Uh, I, I'm really enjoying what she's doing as of late. Uh, the confidence that is exuding from her is palpable. Um, and I, I'm absolutely digging it. I'm also enjoying seeing Asuka kind of regain the luster that she lost uh, there for a little while. Uh, because I, I, I dig me some Asuka when she's running hot. And she's definitely running pretty hot right now. So, yeah. Very enjoyable match. Uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, we're not really doing it a whole hell of a lot of service by just kind of brushing over it like we have, but there's really not a whole lot else to say. Uh, they just beat the bejesus out of one another, basically, until eventually, you know, between Becky trying to tap out Asuka, Asuka trying to tap out Becky, back and forth, back and forth, eventually Asuka wound up getting the upper hand and taps out Becky with the Asuka lock. Uh, well, it was more of a neck submission kind of weird Asuka lock type thing but either way Oscar got the victory uh and is still the women's champion over there on the blue brand so that was what that was we then move on to the blue brands tag team title match another bit of an odd one um uh, full disclosure i've not really been keeping up with uh my wrestling as much as i should be I've, I've been working far too much and had other stuff going on so uh basically over this you know, the last couple of days i binged uh, from pretty much the beginning of the year through to now. Like, I, I, watch, I watched, the last that I watched regularly were the Christmas episodes. I watched the Christmas week, and I haven't really seen anything since then. Um, so I've watched everything leading up to the Rumble over the course of the last couple of days, and this Shane McMahon and Miz storyline is, I, I've been scratching my head over it all along. Um, but I guess it's somewhat interesting. I, I, I I don't know what to make of it, and I just get the icky feeling that we're just building up to Shane McMahon versus The Miz at WrestleMania, and I, 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 I really I, I don't have good feels about that. Uh, but yeah, it was Shane McMahon and The Miz taking on the SmackDown Tag Team Champions The Bar, and uh, Shane and The Miz come out on top of this one. Uh, they, they wound up getting the victory, uh, Shane with a, a pretty impressive shooting star press, honestly, uh, after a skull-crushing finale. Uh, the ending was cool uh, to you know for what it was. It's just that the wrong people fucking won. Um, uh, Shane McMahon and The Miz are now the new SmackDown Tag Team Champions, and this really does just kind of feel like we're building towards Mania. Yeah, I don't. I have no idea what's going on with this. I have no interest. It's in what's so going weird with this, and and you know, in in the midst of because there are positive changes happening on WWE TV. They're not. You know, they're not overwhelmingly uh, fantastic or anything like that, but there's been a positive shift towards something mildly better than what it had been before the end of the year last year. Yes. Um, but in the middle of all that, you've still got this great big blight on the product, which is the latest Shane McMahon 
you know, storyline, which is the worst Shane McMahon storyline we've probably seen since he came back to the company because we have to sit there and list how he's the best in the world. Here he is beating one of the best tag teams in the world. Uh, and it's just, I was saying this to my friend who I was watching the show with tonight, you know, it's like they've forgotten that back in the late 90s and early 2000s when Shane wrestled, he, never, he was never competitive. He just got his arse kicked. Like the, 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 the joy of seeing Shane wrestle back then was that he got beat up, but through craftiness or through cronies or through guile or just through sheer toughness, keep getting back up again, he, he stayed in it. It's not like he was having competitive matches with The Undertaker in the bloody hell in a cell. You know, right. he wasn't positioned as better than half the bloody roster of wrestlers on, on, the, on the show. So um, the fact that, you know, we've had to sit and now watch WWE presenting as being, you know, on his first go as a tag team, no less with The Miz, of all people, He's better than the bar, apparently. I mean, it's just, it, it's so, it sticks in the crawl, man. So I don't know what's going on. I've no interest in Shane versus the Miz at Mania, if that's where they're headed. Certainly no interest in seeing Shane and Miz as, as tag champs. So, you know, it just, I just let it happen and then I move on. The, the two words for me that Shane McMahon evokes are diminishing returns. Yes. Um, that's, that's really kind of what we've got here is, you know, he came back and it was a big deal. Everybody was excited. He faces the undertaker. I wasn't a huge fan of them even booking that match, but you know what? It was a big deal. Okay. Uh, it was, it was a big deal from the perspective of people were super hype about Shane McMahon. And then the next year, a little less of a big deal, but still kind of a big deal. People were still hype about Shane. And then the next year, even less so. And I mean, this year, the Miz gets to be the one who works with Shane at WrestleMania, it looks like, and it is the most diminished of all the returns that we've seen thus far. The storyline appears to be that, like, I- I'm guessing Miz is going to turn on Shane because his daddy doesn't love him enough, and it's it's it, it hurts my brain a little bit, so we're going to move on. But your new tag team champions over on the blue brand are Shane McMahon and The Miz, and uh, I have no fucking idea what's going on with that. Uh, nor do I really care that much, honestly. So that is kind of what it is. We move on, though, to the Raw Women's Championship. Sasha Banks coming in, the boss going up against, uh, well, the what the baddest woman on the planet, I suppose. Uh, Ronda Rousey, the Raw Women's Champion. And this one, you know, it revolved basically like every other Ronda Rousey feud, where she said nice things about them, they took umbrage for some strange reason, and next thing you know, there's heart, hurt feelings and whatnot. Um, yeah, um, it was a good match. Uh, there was absolutely nothing wrong with it. Uh, it was exactly what you would anticipate, you know. Uh, it was Sasha doing everything in her power to make Ronda look good, and Ronda doesn't even necessarily need anybody to make her look good, so that made it better than average. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of where we came from here. Sasha displayed a little bit of the edge that she has lacked in a good little while. Uh, I, it still boggles my mind that we have yet, and it's been years now, since the women's revolution started, and we have yet to see that twisted, fucked-up, evil Sasha Banks that we saw stomp on Bailey's hand as she reached towards the rope to break up a submission. You know, like, where's that evil, twisted Sasha Banks? Don't know. Uh, for all we know, she doesn't exist anymore because we've never seen her uh, since she showed up on the main roster. Tonight would have been a pretty good time to pull some of that old stuff out, but she didn't. Um, she was a bit more well, aggressive than usual, was, but you know, yeah. Yeah, I think it was. It was. It wasn't the Sasha Banks who was wrestling Bailey in 2015, but it was oh, a of step course. in the right. It was a step in the right direction, I think. 
That's um, because she's that. Well, she, they they just see they won't turn her heel. They just won't fucking turn her heel for some reason. They flirt with it and they flirt with it and they kind of do it, but then they don't do it. And it's they just refuse to turn Sasha Banks heel. Like even to the point that they were flirting with turning Bailey of all people heel just to kind of swerve us or something like that. No, we don't need the swerve. Just turn her fucking heel, man. Like that's what we want. We want to see that kind of twisted, power hungry. We'll do anything to hold on to the championship, Sasha Banks, that we loved so much in NXT. Because, unfortunately for her, very much like Shane McMahon, Sasha Banks' two biggest words lately have been diminishing returns. It seems like every time she's put into a position like this, it's less good than it was the time before. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I thought it was a really good match. I I really liked it. And I think oh, I, 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 I like the match. Don't get me wrong. I mean the story. It just it didn't feel like a big deal. Well, I don't know. I mean, I felt like a little bit of a big deal to me because okay, it, it okay. felt like it was just in the sense that it felt like it was, uh, you know, Ronda's most serious challenge in the ring, both in terms of the fiction, but also in terms of, you know, the real world as a performer. Like, Sasha has established herself quite rightly as one of the the front runners of this whole movement towards a new state quo for women's wrestling. So to put Ronda in there, it felt like a genuine litmus test. Um, but I can certainly see, you know, I, I empathize with the point. I can certainly see where you're coming from. Ultimately, I, you know, I, I, I enjoyed the match as much as I enjoyed Becky versus Asuka. And I think the reason for that, you know, as a, as a big Bret Hart guy, one of the things that Bret Hart was always great at was even though the majority of his time on top, he was obviously a, a, a baby face, he wouldn't be afraid to get quite aggressively competitive in the ring in a big match scenario. And I guess I equated Sasha's performance to a similar vein, which was, yes, yes. she's going to, as a baby face, but she, she's aware of the high stage. She's aware of Ronda's capability, so she's prepared to get aggressive and maybe toe that moral line a little bit. Uh, and so maybe I've, I've equated it to something I'm fond of nostalgically. Um, it, 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 I mean, it, it, you mentioned. I mean, interestingly enough, you mentioned her stomping Bailey's hand. There was a moment when she was doing that to, literally doing that to Ronda in this match. So, though, I think, to me, I tell you what it was. To me, I got the distinct impression that this was Sasha trying to show them exactly what you've just been saying, which is turn me heel. It was. I, it felt like Sasha playing heel as opposed to, because they won't. I mean, because she's not. You know. As opposed to her just being a badass, you know, uh, she just, they've yet to take the governor off of her for whatever reason. And it, it start I don't know, for me, at least it's starting to, it's starting to make her seem less important. Um, just in general, it's not that this necessarily, this feud felt less important. It's just that, I guess for me, Sasha Banks feels less important these days than she used to, um, and whether that's because she's been used and abused or because, you know, for, I don't know. I don't know. She just it, – it didn't feel like as big a deal as it would have a year ago even. Uh, but it is funny that you bring up the Bret Hart thing because there were moments in this match where it did elicit, it did elicit memories to me of uh, one of my favorite Royal Rumble matches from 23 years ago, The Undertaker versus Bret Hart, uh, where Bret wrestled very Healy. That evening, you know, just uh, ripping off the Undertaker's protective mask and things of that nature. I was getting those vibes from Sasha this evening where she was still the good guy. and She was being cheered and stuff, but she recognized she was up against a significant threat and she was kind of bending those rules a bit. 
Um, so, yeah, I, I did get that vibe. Hopefully it is a step in the right direction because, I mean, I can't be the only one who's really kind of just – I'm I'm kind of getting over Sasha, and I don't want to be. You know, I mean, it's not – I don't have anything against her. I just – I. I don't know. I, I, I feel like I'm just getting over, you know, I, she's turning into Dolph Ziggler for me. Um, I, I like, I recognize there is, I mean, there is, there is a very pertinent, a developing threat of Ziggler syndrome there. I, I have to admit. I mean, that's really what it boils down to, to me is that I still respect Dolph Ziggler's ability and I'll still watch Doug, Dolph Ziggler have great matches against people. And I can appreciate that and everything, but never at any given point, regardless of what he is involved in, do I take Dolph Ziggler seriously anymore. And it's getting to that point where I just don't take Sasha seriously anymore. I did not think that there was any possibility whatsoever this evening that even in a big surprise, we would see Sasha Banks unseat Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Not remotely. Not even a little. Whereas and when, you get to, and when you get to that point, it's an issue. I mean, how many, um, well, to be fair, not that many, but you think back to it. I mean, the prime example for me is I think back to the, feud Ziggler had with Ambrose in 2016 at SummerSlam when they wrestled for the WWE title and it was like the first you know right. first WWE title program SmackDown had SmackDown had coming out of the brand extension and I think it was designed to show look we're giving guys you know new chances here on 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 our show and stuff and the match was great um you know it was a really kind of intelligent match but the issue was that absolutely nobody on planet earth thought Dolph Ziggler had any chance of winning Exactly. So there's no, you know, and so when you do get to that point, it is apps, and that's played Ziggler in, in other, uh, you know, other less prominent feuds as well. Since so it's it is an issue when it when it crops up, absolutely. Right. I mean, and there were matches tonight that you know maybe people shouldn't have been expected to win. Like uh, I think the perfect example is uh, Finn Balor and and Brock Lesnar. But even yeah. with that, you at least kind of had the inkling that they might pull an Eddie Guerrero. You know, especially yeah. when, when we'll talk about it here in a moment, but when Brock started with the hurt ribs and stuff, I was like, oh man, a coup de grace might do it. You know, they mm. might be looking to pull an Eddie Guerrero here and just kind of randomly take the belt off of Brock. Um, it, it seemed very possible, but not once during that match against Rousey did I think that Sasha was going to win. Just not one time. And so, yeah, that kind of is what it is. And uh, the very, yeah, very astute of you to draw the line back to Ambrose versus Ziggler, because that is what it felt like. Um, you know, good match, and I, I like everybody involved, but it there was there was nothing there for me um, personally. So, but, but that's just my opinion. I'm sure other people out there absolutely loved it, and I know that Sasha Banks has got some rabid fans out there, and justifiably so. Um, just uh, this the. I don't know. Didn't really do it for me. Didn't really. I appreciated it, but it didn't really do it for me. We then had the women's Royal Rumble match, which we have talked about fairly extensively there at the top. Uh, we had some some cool people showing up. You know, uh, I, I thought it was kind of cool that Lacey Evans started things off. She was a bit green, you know, but it was it was neat to see her begin things. I, I have to say that Lacey Evans versus Natalia was not exactly the hottest start to a to the women's Royal Rumble that we could have possibly had. Uh, but hey, you know, it was a. A good way to showcase, hey, here's a hot young talent, and here is the established veteran of the division, because that's really kind of the position that Natty's got at this given point in time. So that was kind of cool in its own right, I suppose. Um, you know, uh, who else? Uh, I, the thing that struck me with Casey Catanzaro is that she's tiny. She mm. is just a, a little bitty human being, and like even in the ring with somewhat comparably sized people, she was tiny. It just looked like she was I, – I was worried about her, man. It looked like just somebody could have broken her in half at any given moment. If she weighs 100 pounds, I'd be shocked. 
<laughs> um, I, seriously, man, she looks like she maybe weighs 90 pounds soaking wet holding a brick. Uh, just a tiny, <laughs> tiny human being. Um, and, and I appreciate what she's trying to do. She's not quite there yet, but I do appreciate what she's trying to do, and hopefully she does get there. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of her from American Ninja Warrior and the stuff that she was able to pull off there. So, you know, yeah, I, I'm hopeful that this little experiment with her plays out well. Um, but apart from that, I mean, like, uh, I really expected Ember Rose to have a good showing, but she was really kind of just there tonight. Um, Ember uh, Rose, yeah, Ember Rose. Ember Moon is what I meant. Oh. Uh, I was trying. I was. I was reading the the results, and and Ember Moon and and uh, and Rose Mandy, Rose Mandy Rose were right beside one another. Uh, they were in the ring together, so you know. But yeah, Ember Moon. I really expected her to have a little bit more of a showing this evening, and I guess that's really symbolic of her entire main roster career thus far. Um, I've expected her to really kind of have a breakout moment, and she has really yet to do so. Um, thought tonight might be that. Wasn't so much. Uh, the iconics were fun, uh, but I mean, really, for me, the the match really started when number thirteen hit, and out came Charlotte, just looking like Charlotte looked like she was coming out there to kill people. Like she looked like she came for business tonight, and she delivered. Uh, it was great to see uh, Alexa Bliss back in the mix. Uh, I didn't realize that it had been September since she was in the ring last, and, and that really kind of like, that blew my hair back a little bit. I was like, holy shit, it's been that long, hasn't it? Um, uh, Zelina Vega, the, the Street Fighter thing was cool, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, for what it was, and her hiding under the ring was probably the best uh, version of that since Lawler did it back in 96. Uh, I, I enjoyed that. It was even kind of fun seeing Hornswoggle pop up. and no. I, I Hey, I didn't mind it. I thought... I, I liked it because of her reaction, because that's exactly the reaction that any rational human being would have if Hornswoggle popped out. And you, like, how were you under the ring all that time and didn't know he was under there? And then he pops out. And it's just like, holy shit. Ah. So, you know, and it is worth you know, remembering he did literally play the leprechaun here just a few years ago. So, you know, th- there's reason to be afraid. There's reason to be afraid. But, uh, yeah. Just it was it was a match that was pretty okay until the end when it got good. Uh, it did get quite good at the end, and I I, I really enjoyed the way that everything broke down. Uh, of course, you can't really go wrong when you've got Charlotte and Becky ending the match. I mean, like you know, I mean it's you're not going to get a whole lot better than that in the women's division as we speak right now. That would be like if they had ended the men's match with Ambrose and Rollins. You know, it's just it's not going to get a whole hell of a lot better than that. Um, and so, yeah, the ending of the match was pretty damn entertaining. Becky winds up getting one over on Flair once again and is the winner of the match. Uh, Becky Lynch has her pick of women's champions at WrestleMania. And I guess the question then, who is she going to pick? Is she going to go after Asuka once more? Uh, you know, she just did earlier in the evening, but is she going to do that again? Or is she going to set her sights on proving herself, which she was unable to do previously, against Ronda Rousey. Only time will tell, but you would think it would be Ronda. You really would. You really would. Oh, I forgot to mention that after the Rousey match earlier with Sasha, they had a bit of a confrontation, and uh, Sasha held up the four in her face. So I really kind of thought that we were over that, and that, that you know, okay, that's not happening, blah, 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 but uh, there still seems to they're building towards it from time to time, and who the hell knows what's going to come of it. Uh, I saw a thing the other day; it was mentioned that Rousey might be done after WrestleMania. Uh, I'll believe that when I see it. 
Um, but I, I don't know. I, I certainly don't think that they're going to be doing the four horsewomen thing at WrestleMania. No. No, it certainly doesn't look that way. Uh, I know the hot rumor has it, the triple threat, and you even mentioned that earlier. And that does seem to make sense with the stories that they have told thus far. But, uh, you know, I, I personally would much rather just see Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey. Yeah, I think I prefer a, a straight-up uh, one-on-one, but I do I do think we're inevitably heading for, for a triple threat match. Yeah, I mean, and it could be worse. I mean, you know, it, it's not going to hurt my feelings too bad or anything like that. I do. And do you know? Do you know? I think. Well, yeah, yeah, I agree with you entirely. Yeah, it's not going to hurt my feelings. I, but I think what what makes it feel maybe less uh, less interesting is that Becky and Charlotte were two thirds of the triple threat match from thirty two. Yeah, so we've kind of seen bit, it before. It feels a bit similar, you know. Yeah, and we've seen them face off against one another so often here lately. Yeah. It just, you know, uh, if you're going to try to feature Ronda Rousey in a major position, which, I mean, certainly seems to be the case here, you don't make her the third wheel, you know? Wow. Um, and, and that almost kind of feels like what it is. But who knows? Uh, they may do an excellent job of building up the fact that Ronda's got legitimate reason to be pissed off at both of them, you know? And if they just tweak that and play with it over here over the course of the next while, the next 70 days... We could walk into WrestleMania with something red hot. So I'm, yeah. I'm not going to prejudge it by any stretch. But at this given juncture, I would just rather see Becky versus Ronda. And uh, we're running out of time for the live feed here. So if you're listening live, we're about to cut out. Sorry about that. If you're listening on, you know, in, uh, in the aftermath, uh, listening in the archives, well, then, hey, you're going to get to keep on listening to the show. <laughs> um, uh, we're not going to be too much longer here. We've really just got one more match to talk about, and then we'll touch upon the, the men's rumble once one last time. Uh, but it was the WWE Championship match, AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan. Uh, just based upon the little brief back and forth about it we had earlier, it would seem to me as though you're kind of done with this feud. More than done. I, to be honest, I'm, anyone who listens to the pond will know that uh, both myself and Maverick are, are kind of sick of the sight of AJ Styles at the minute after a, a, an extremely long... Um, championship reign that never Man, really has, has anybody has anybody ever needed to switch brands more than AJ Styles? It feels that way. Um, I mean, to be fair to him, he's not exactly been given much in the way of character development, uh, no. which I think is the major issue. This is a this is a feud that has already had before tonight three matches, uh, all of which were between twenty and thirty minutes long. Um, you know, and then you get then you get a fourth one here on a show that's already looking like it's going over on time, which is 25 minutes long. Um, watching it tonight, and I'm, I'm happy to go back and give it a second go again, but watching it for the first time tonight, it felt to me in, like incredibly bored. I was bored during uh, during it because it felt like there was nothing new there. I didn't... It was it was a typical case that I, that I find as an issue with a lot of AJ Styles matches, which is something I've talked a lot about on the pond in the past. And it's not just an AJ Styles thing. It's, it's quite prolific through the company, but he's a repeat offender where, you know, you'll tell this, this story over a course of weeks uh, and then you'll do the pay-per-view match, but the pay-per-view match could come at the end of any story. Like it, it doesn't link directly back to what's been done on, on TV, you know? So we've seen Vince do this whole, there's an animal inside of you and, you know, and you want to embrace it and coax it out and all the rest of it. Might as well never have happened because, as far as I could see, it was just yet another sort of typical AJ Styles match tonight that never really seemed to play much on that. Um, it's difficult to translate Brian's 
uh, character, which is awesome, but it's difficult to translate that in, in specific ways in matches as well. The whole thing just fell a bit flat for me, to be honest. I thought it was too long. I thought it was too familiar. And I think they both need to move on to something fresh. Yeah. Um, One other thing as well is is I don't understand why you would have a 25-minute long match end in illegal interference. Yeah. Yeah, there's that. Um, because uh, the way that this match ended was just kind of randomly out of the middle of nowhere. Here comes Eric Rowan wandering down to ringside. He's not dressed like a bludgeon brother. He's not dressed like a, a Wyatt family member. He's dressed like a dude, uh, a dude from the nineties actually, because he was wearing a flannel and whatnot. Uh, he, he made his way down there just kind of stood around for a bit. And then ultimately he, uh, he like choke slammed AJ when the referee wasn't looking, Daniel Bryan crawled over and just pinned his ass. Like it wasn't even like choke slam and then big knee or choke slam and then oh the yes lot no 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 it was just a choke slam and then here comes daniel bryan to just pin him um mm. and that was that <laughs> it was after 25 minutes of back and forth back and forth back and forth anything you can do i can do better and and all of that it came down to eric rowan of all people just hitting a choke slam which was anticlimactic to say the very least um I, this match didn't do it for me it was it was awfully slow, and I think that I'm suffering from exactly what you mentioned. I'm suffering a bit from some AJ Styles fatigue. Uh, I, I love AJ. Uh, AJ is, you know, I think he could stake his claim towards being the best professional wrestler living right now, you know, in ring. I don't know that I would give him that title, but he could certainly stake his claim for it. Um, and I would listen to the argument. <laughs> but I, I, it's like you said, so many of the matches are just the same. I mean, this could have just as easily been anybody else that you could slot in here. And AJ, I think would have had basically the same match with them, you know? Um, yeah. I, I just, I, I'm ready to see something different from AJ. And I mean, AJ's just kind of one of those guys. I, th- I think that in, in showcasing him so heavily, it, it is almost kind of starting to showcase his, his weakness and the weakness that he always had back in TNA, uh, as I saw it, because uh, I, I watched TNA for the first, uh, I would say, three to five years of its existence. I watched pretty consistently, mm. and AJ was a big part of that. Uh, but what you find with AJ is that regardless of if he's a heel, regardless of if he's a babyface, regardless of if it's a heated rivalry or just a – championship rivalry or number one contender was named or regardless of what the, what's going on AJ basically wrestles the same style um very rarely are you going to see him get heated or or bring some aggression to the mix or or something like that you kind of saw him flirt with it with with uh with Samoa Joe with the whole family situation and he did get a bit more aggressive in a couple of those matches but not much, you know. I mean, it wasn't mm. even really. It wasn't that drastic of a change from what we usually see from the guy, um, and and that's kind of. It, it's a damn good match, but it's the same match, you know. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you've summed it up perfectly, really. Like you say, if it, it like if this was the first match they'd wrestled, it would have been great. Oh yeah, but it wasn't. We've seen it three times already. Um, and, and it's the, been better thing because is, well, it, it didn't the, have the random interference at the end. Yeah, and, the, and those first three matches complemented one another really well. They developed really nicely across line. It felt like they'd reached an end point, and then it's sort of very sort of typically WWE to then go and do just that one too many, you know, just that one extra. Um, 
which in the which is doubly frustrating in this instance actually because it comes in the midst of this no more automatic rematch. Exactly, clause, I, was, I was just about and to say that. And it's like, okay, no more automatic rematch is great. We're still going to do the same rematches, but they're not going to be automatic at least. It's just that, come on, you know. Well, I mean, they even kind of abandoned the. They've moved away heavily, at least, from the Rollins and Ambrose thing, which seemed like it was going to have legs for months. Like I thought, I I just knew that was carrying on into WrestleMania or something. Yeah, like I thought that was going to last the better part of 2019. But no, they've moved away from it pretty rapidly, and yet here we still are. Like nobody's getting rematches automatically anymore. But oh, except for AJ Styles. Like, sure, you can go ahead and have another shot against Daniel Bryan for no readily apparent reason. But like what? Yeah, and I, and I wonder how much of it is down to them not really knowing what to do with him when he's not WWE champion. I mean, I honestly think we're just. They're twiddling thumbs until the guy jumps to Raw. I mean, that really seems to be the only thing left to, left to do with AJ Styles. He's he is he's beyond having done everything he can do on SmackDown at this point. Yeah, but, I suppose he is really. I'm just trying to think of. Um, I mean, I, I'm not saying like. that. I'm not saying bringing him to Raw would you know be a huge revitalization and make him amazing or anything, but at least it would be something of a change of scenery. You know, it'd be, you'd be seeing him have cut mediocre promos against fresh talent, I suppose. I mean, I don't know. Well, well, this is the other thing, though, isn't it? Is is Are we seeing the revelation that maybe AJ Styles is a bit of a one-trick pony? I, I mean, it's a hell of a trick. I mean, AJ, uh, he, he does put on consistently great matches. You are going to get a great match out of AJ Styles every time you put him in the ring, but, man, you're also going to get remarkably similar matches out of AJ Styles yeah. every time you put him in the ring. And uh, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, yeah, I mean, it's uh, – we just talked about Dolph Ziggler earlier, and it's it's somewhat similar to that, though I would say that AJ is in a higher class than, than Dolph would be in this instance. Um, but it is somewhat similar in that, I mean, Dolph wrestles the same match. That's always mm. been my bitch about Dolph is that he's going to wrestle pretty much the same match in every situation you put him in. AJ's the same way, and it's it's gotten a bit old, and I, I don't know what the hell they're going to do with AJ moving forward. I have no clue. I, I can't even venture a guess at this point in time, because who hasn't he wrestled? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I what keep, the hell I is he? I, I struggle to answer you because you're... Like, yeah, you know. I, mean, what, what, I mean, I guess what I'm asking is what the hell is AJ going to do at WrestleMania? I mean, he's got to do something. The guy was just Orton. on the cover of a fucking video game. <laughs> Orton, maybe? I don't know. I, I, maybe? I guess? I mean, I, I don't know at this given point in time. I have no clue what they could do with AJ Styles that has not already been done. Unless they pull somebody new out. You know, it would have to be something different. Uh, it would have to be like EC3 or... Or something like that. Wouldn't that be interesting? The battle between the two guys who carried TNA, you know, for the first, you know, AJ had it had it on lock for the first ten years or so, and then EC3 had it for a few years after that. They overlapped just a touch. I, I I don't know what they could wound up. Maybe I mean Rey Mysterio in something of a quote unquote dream match, uh, or I don't know at this point. Yeah. So, but I hope it's not. I hope he's done with Daniel. Uh, because I, I'm, I'm definitely done with this, and if it continues on into WrestleMania, I'm not going to be a very happy camper uh, with the SmackDown main event because I, I certainly do not want to see Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles wrestle again, especially not at WrestleMania. I'd like to see that opportunity go to someone else. 
I frankly would rather see I, – I personally, if, if I had my choice between the two choices that Seth Rollins can make, I want to see him face Daniel Bryan just because I think that would be a hellacious match. And I would like to see this version of Daniel Bryan interact with this version of Seth Rollins. Mm. I, I, I think that there's, there's a lot of meat on that bone um, as opposed to just seeing – I mean – all due respect, but but seeing Rollins bitch about Brock not being there and how he's been carrying the show on his back, we've seen it. We've fucking seen it. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm sure he would do it well, but it's no different than what we just said. Everything we just said about AJ is the way that I would feel about Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar as a feud heading into WrestleMania. It's nothing we haven't seen before. Yeah, well, you know, we'll see how it see how it pans out. Yeah, yeah, ultimately. Uh, but yeah, Daniel Bryan is still your champion uh, over there on the blue brand, and uh, Eric Rowan is apparently his pal now. Um, I, I halfway expected Ro- uh, 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 Harper to show up too, but apparently Harper's not quite cleared from his wrist injury. Uh, I guess that those people, all those predictions and, and stuff that I've seen flying around about, oh yeah, the Bludgeon Brothers are coming back soon. Doesn't look like it. Uh, <laughs> I I didn't see the I think, giant hammer. I think that's. I mean, I think that's a good thing as well. It was a decent yeah. idea, but I'm not sure it panned out very well. Well, I I, I did not see a Mjolnir in sight, so yeah, uh, was what it was. Uh, we move on from there to the Universal Championship match over on the red side of things. Finn Balor taking on Brock Lesnar. Uh, the big David Goliath thing that they've been playing up here over the last little bit. Uh, honestly, going into it, you're kind of like, okay, Finn doesn't have a prayer here. But those tend to be the matches that are the most interesting uh, as it pertains to watching Brock. If you can, if there is a such thing as an interesting match with Brock Lesnar anymore, uh, it is the matches in which there is that mismatch. And uh, to his credit, Brock does tend to go out of his way to try to make these guys look good nine times out of ten, unless your name is Dean Ambrose. Um, in which case he gives no fucks whatsoever and doesn't care about making you look good at all. Uh, but it looked like he gave a shit about making Finn Balor look pretty good this evening. Um, and Finn did look pretty good this evening. It really did hinge upon the fact that he shoved Brock into a, uh, a, an announce table, um, and he, he hurt his ribs, and they were playing up the diverticulitis thing again, which I don't think that's how diverticulitis works, uh, you know, but uh, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I, I, I certainly don't think that once it's been repaired and it's been years and you've competed, you've been cleared to compete in multiple athletic competitions, I don't think that merely running your stomach into a table can suddenly make your diverticulitis flare back up. But again, I, I'm no medical professional. Uh, however, they were hyping that up, of course. And uh, I did question there for a moment, okay, is Finn going to wind up hitting the coup de grace here and we're going to have ourselves a, a new champion? Is it gonna, are they pulling another Guerrero here, just giving us the shock surprise thing? But ultimately, no, that was not the case. Uh, Finn did hit his finisher, and it looked like it might work out, but it didn't because Brock got him in the Kimura lock, which we haven't seen in a little while, and ultimately Finn had to tap out. So still the universal champion, sadly, Brock Lesnar. And uh, it's getting to the point now to where, like, I would be excited headed into WrestleMania because, you know, it's like, yay, Brock's finally going to lose the title and we're going to be rid of him. But anymore, they've done that to us so many times that I just don't buy it. Yeah, I mean, for what it's worth, um, considering, like you say, that the result was was a given. Um, Somewhat. It, it was, it was, uh, it, it was a match I enjoyed far more than any Brock Lesnar match since probably... 
the because I really like the Dean Ambrose match. Not a lot of people do, but I really like it. So it was probably the match I enjoyed most since then. So you know, you're talking a three year period. Um, right. I liked the fact that they found you know, regardless of, of how it was done, I like the fact that they ultimately found a, a sort of a different way to present a Brock Lesnar match. You know, because the the issue I had with the Daniel Bryan match was that it was quite literally exactly the same as the AJ Styles match the year before. Yeah. Um, and this this was not the case. They found a new angle on it. I liked that that Finn got a a decent uh, little shot. You know, a few good shots in at, at Brock. And at one point they gave him the kind of the coup de grace. And so I, I kind of disappointed he hit the coup de grace because no one's kicked out of that. I don't think, or at least very very few of it. It felt very notable how they've seemingly gone out of their way to protect that move in a way they don't a lot of others these days. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, and what I liked most was that it didn't overstay its welcome. Like I would argue that the Brian Styles match did, it came, it came about, you know, it got in, it did what it was going to do and then it got out again. And I, and I was thankful for that. Yeah. I mean, uh, the match was fine. I I enjoyed the match for what it was. Uh, I enjoyed the match as as much as I can, a Brock Lesnar match, I guess at this given point in time. Um, and I, and I enjoy Finn Balor. So, I mean, it kind of was what it was. Uh, but I, I, Certainly nothing amazing, you know, uh, but again, that kind of comes with the territory of a Brock Lesnar match these days, I suppose. Um, Finn had a good showing, though. Uh, he definitely looked pretty good. And uh, again, I guess uh, credit, oh, yeah, credit where credit is due to Brock Lesnar as well uh, for doing his part and, and making uh, or helping make Finn Balor look pretty good here. Um, so, yeah, uh, Brock Lesnar, still the universal champion. Uh, where's that going to lead? I guess we'll see. Um, maybe it'll lead to Braun Strowman. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised to see another another Finn match. Actually, the way they left it with the beat down afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised either. A lot of people seem to be predicting that. A lot of people are predicting the demon. Um, whether or not that would be meaningful in any way, shape, form, or fashion, I don't know. It would certainly. Everybody would be excited to see the entrance, but I can't imagine that Brock Lesnar of all people would be intimidated by Finn Balor wearing face paint. Um, so, I mean, I guess it depends on whether or not Balor is, is actually going to act like a different person when he's got that paint on this time. Uh, it seems to be really kind of a 50-50 thing there, where sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he's just Balor wearing paint. Other times he kind of has a bit more aggression and stuff going his way. But, I mean, honestly, the way that he started the match and the way that he went after Lester, uh, he was wrestling like the demon this evening. You know, I mean, he, he really just took it to him. He was being very aggressive. Uh, he was nailing everything that he could think of uh, on Brock, and it just didn't so much work out for him. So I don't even really see what kind of variation they could slap on it, aside from the fact that he looked cooler, you know? Um, but maybe they will. Maybe they won't. I don't know. Uh, it did certainly uh, – the door is cracked open if that's a, a path that they want to travel down because, indeed, Brock did just uh, beat the bejesus out of him after it was all over with. Though that kind of seemed more like Brock was kind of upset that he had allowed himself to get hurt in the first place. He couldn't take him to Suplex City. He was having trouble hitting him with the F5. So he was almost like making a point afterwards of like, damn it, you know, I, I know I had to resort to the Kimura to take you out, but I can still do this shit to you if I want to. Yeah. Uh, really just kind of him reasserting his dominance more than anything else. Uh, but it may well have been a way to continue the feud also. So I guess we'll see. But uh, as for Brock, where he heads at WrestleMania, uh, I mean, Rollins, of course, is a is absolutely a possibility, a strong possibility, I would say. I would say probably, you know, I think it more probable that he goes, that Rollins goes for Lesnar than he does for Daniel Bryan, honestly, at this point. Uh, even though I would rather see the reverse happen. 
personally. Uh, but it is more likely that he goes for Brock. But if not Seth Rollins, then who? Uh, I mean, Braun is still on the table. I suppose you still got Balor in the mix. Um, you know, I, I don't know who else there would be, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's definitely there's definitely other options on the table, um, and I, I guess we'll see how it all develops moving forward. Uh, maybe as early as tomorrow night if Rollins makes his decision tomorrow evening. But uh, that may wait for the next couple of pay-per-views to get themselves all wrapped up before we see anything of that sort. We'll see. We'll see. But then it was the 30-man Royal Rumble match. We've already broken it down fairly extensively, so we're not going to really spend a whole lot of time on it here. Uh, there was some entertainment in the mix. I marked out pretty hard when uh, when uh, Aleister Black made his way out there. Um, big Aleister Black fan. I thought that he had a hell of a match last night, and I thought that he had a pretty good showing this evening. Um, I thought that it was pretty cool that Samoa Joe was really kind of used to – he came in there and kicked ass and took names, but then it seemed like his job for the remainder of the match was to make the other badasses look badass. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he, he sold the hell out of that Claymore. Um, he, he took a couple of stiff shots from uh, from Pete. Um, you know, he was, that was kind of his job from that point forward was when other badass guys would come in, they'd get one over on Joe. Um, so that was what it was. Uh, Kofi had a couple of, of sneaky, oh, he's not quite eliminated moments this evening, though. I'm not entirely sure that with the first one, his foot didn't hit the floor. Uh, they didn't show a replay absolutely. of it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they did not show a replay of it. So I think Kofi fucked up and I think his foot did indeed hit the floor. Uh, I did like the Roly one, though. That was kind of fun. The one where he kind of rode on uh, Xavier's back was what it was. It was okay. But uh, him just kind of rotating on his shoulders there, that was uh, it's simple but effective. I, I enjoyed it for what it was. Uh, but his, I'm pretty sure his feet hit the floor. <laughs> I'm pretty sure uh, as well. Yeah, I'm I, gonna even have, commented, uh, I even commented when it happened to my mate. I was like, they, you know, there's a reason they haven't shown a replay of that because they yeah. always show a replay of Kofi's. Absolutely. I'm going to have to go back and check it, but yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure that that was uh, not supposed to happen that way, but, But, and you know what? I'm so, I'm just kind of so over the whole Kofi finds a bizarre way of avoiding elimination trope at this point. It would have been, it would have been refreshing for one year for it to not work. Well, I mean, especially now that they've passed it on to Naomi too. Yeah, I know that does my head in. I mean, she's just doing the exact same thing in the other Rumble. It's almost like they decided they had to have a Lady Kofi, so let's give it to her. And which, is, which is annoying enough as it is, but it's made even more annoying when the announcers pretend like it's something they've never seen before still. Oh, well, yeah, absolutely. But then, you know, on top of that, it makes what Kofi does less special. You know, I well, mean, uh, if, if you, well, if you still want to consider it special, if you want to consider it, consider it a modern-day tradition of the Royal Rumble match – it's certainly made less important by the fact that you just some, saw somebody do it 45 minutes ago. Yeah, it just needs to stop altogether. That was kind of the that was the story of the men's rumble match here this evening, kind of at least on the negative side of things. Was that it, there was a lot of shit that we saw in the same I mean, in the rumble match that happened not 45 minutes prior. I but, mean, I think if there's if there's one negative thing to this year's rumble pay per view overall, it's that now that we're getting to a year. WWE need to redress the balance of the show because we can't be having five-hour Royal Rumble as well as five-hour WrestleManias because it's just ridiculous. So they need to they need to redress the balance both in terms of of the length of the undercard that goes with these two Rumble matches 
but also, as, as you say, uh, you know, they need to make sure that they don't directly repeat the same tropes in both matches on the same night because it sticks right. out. And the thing is, the rumble, which is a which is a genre I know inside and out, is so full of different ideas that have developed across the years that there's you know there's no excuse to be repeating the same ones in two rumble matches on one night because there's about fifty different ones you can pick out of the treasure treasure chest. Right. There's it. Yeah. It, it it was it glared out like a sore thumb that they, they there was no reason for it honestly yeah uh, but anyways uh, there were some some outstanding performances I would say or notable performances at the very least I thought that Drew McIntyre did look like a million dollars I thought Pete Dunne looked quite good this evening um, uh, let's see here who else did we have we have oh um, Mustafa Ali looked really strong tonight I thought. Um, you know, uh, Baron Corbin looked pretty good, actually. Uh, I, I think that Corbin has kind of gotten to that point in his career where he's he's getting the dreaded X-Pac heat, um, where whether or not you believe X-Pac heat is a thing, it is a thing, just whether or not it is what people think it is. And I think that the thing with Baron Corbin and why I say X-Pac heat specifically is that I think people have just gotten conditioned to hate him. Just like it's not an issue of they don't care what he's doing. They just fucking hate him. Um, and that's not necessarily a good thing all the time. Um, yeah. But he, he had a decent enough showing this evening. Uh, he, he, yeah, wasn't bad at all, really, actually. Um, and, yeah, I mean, everything else kind of was what it was. Uh, and then there was the confusion of the end with uh, the wonkiness of Nia Jax. And then... Um, then all of a sudden it looked like if you weren't paying attention, if you had lost track of a few things, as I had, it looked like we were down to between Dolph Ziggler and Andrade Cien Almas for a spot at WrestleMania, which had me scratching my head like a lot. <laughs> and then all of a sudden here comes Braun Strowman again, and I'm like, oh, right, okay, I forgot. He hit his usual shoulder into the fucking turnbuckle thing about a half an hour ago. Um, and then, you know, like I said, uh, there's uh, – meerkat Seth Rollins just kind of popping his head up from the midst of some wreckage and it's like oh yeah him too <laughs> and I mean suddenly... that's, that's, that's a good point like, <laughs> like Rollins being down and out you can kind of sort of buy because Bobby Lashley put him through the table Braun Strowman who is this giant monolithic guy who can tip over scaffolding and limousines and ambulances go shoulder first into the ring post and that's him done for 10 minutes because like, cool. yeah, because yeah, he was gone for a while, like a long, long enough, time, yeah, long enough that I forgot he was there. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I would, well, I mean, it's not that I forgot he was there because I was questioning. I mean, I was saying to to my girlfriend, I was like, I don't remember seeing Strowman and and Rollins get eliminated. You know, like I I don't remember seeing that, uh, but they were nowhere to be seen. So. I don't know. And, of course, the announcers weren't going to mention it because they wanted the surprise of, oh, they're still in it, too. And, I mean, even Lawler was caught off guard by it. At one point, Lawler's just like, let, oh, yo, let me get this straight. <laughs> like, who exactly is in this fucking match right now? And that's exactly what I was saying at home. I was, I, I didn't know who else was going to pop up over there at ringside because uh, I didn't see Jeff Hardy get eliminated either. So I was like, is Jeff Hardy hiding out somewhere out there? Um, is Brother Nero going to pop up or something? But, no. Thankfully, that was not the case. Um, yeah, we ultimately boiled down to Rollins and Braun. Uh, they're fighting on the apron, as you know, seems to be kind of the that's become a trope unto itself here over the last little bit. 
And uh, ultimately, Rollins nailed a stomp on the ring apron there. That was enough to get Braun uh, off his feet and off the apron. And the winner of the Royal Rumble is Seth Rollins. So freaking Rollins. Seth freaking Rollins burned down the Royal Rumble of 2019. Um, And in doing so, he he burned down a monster among men. So that's something to hang his hat on as well. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's really kind of about it. We we really broke it down with Seth uh, left and right. Uh, Did you did you want to rave about that just a touch more than now that we're officially talking about the match? I think I'll save the rest of my raving for uh, Sports Entertainment is dead on Wednesday, I think. There you go. There you go. Uh, Rollins did, of course, do the traditional WrestleMania 35 sign point uh, as the Royal Rumble wrapped up and went off the air. And again, we're left with uh, question marks as to who the two Royal Rumble winners are going to challenge. Uh, If I were a betting man, I would say that the answers to those questions are Ronda Rousey and Brock Lesnar. Uh, but, uh, I, yeah, I, I would certainly not be upset if Seth Rollins wound up jumping on over to the blue brand because, uh, you know, I mean, why not? You know, uh, I, the only thing that makes me really think that he won't do it is that he seems to have been making a big point of carrying a lot of pride about the fact that he's carried raw on his shoulders and stuff, but maybe he decides that he's not really being appreciated in that capacity. Whatever happens, I hope they don't. Um, I hope he doesn't fall into the trap that Roman unfortunately fell into, where they seem to change his character direction every single other week, while they scramble to try and find a way to make people care most about him. Right. I mean, that, it wouldn't... that's what I'm. That's now what I'm living in fear of: is that every like every three weeks we'll get a reset, and it'll be someone a bit different this week, and someone a bit different the week after. Right. And... Yeah. It really wouldn't surprise me to see them really push the whole. Uh... Roman Reigns is sick thing uh, pretty hard. Yeah, it, which, it, it, which, frankly, it wouldn't shock me to see Roman in his corner at Mania, to be honest with you. Well, I'm not sure about that. I mean, the, the, the Roman is sick thing, it'd feel a bit icky, but, you know, I guess it's not not the end of the world. But well, you I think, know Heyman's going to bring it up. If, if he challenges well, Brock, you know Heyman's going to hit that hard just because he's Heyman. Sure, and, you know, I mean, so long as Roman's giving his blessing to it, then then. Oh, fine, absolutely. But, yeah. I think for me, the thing is, whatever line they choose to take, whether it's Roman's illness, whether it's, you know, I carried Raw and you're a part-timer, whether it's I'm on a journey of redemption, whether it's a mix of all of them, just pick your direction and stick to it. Yes. Don't just, don't do one every week. Exactly. And, and unfortunately that does seem to be the way that they go with anybody versus Brock Lesnar. Uh, you know, one week it's about, I'm good enough to beat you. One week it's about David versus Goliath. One week it's about blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I wouldn't even mind seeing them do what I'm sure you would love and, and call on back to uh, WrestleMania 31 and be like, you know, Hey, last yeah. time I was in a WrestleMania ring, yeah. with you, there was a title on the line. I walked out with that belt over my head. Yeah, Absolutely. And then, and then the 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 rematch ended in a no contest because yeah. they interfered. So you know they've got they technically got unfinished business with each other even after all these well, years. Well, yeah, I mean technically speaking, who was the last guy to beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania? That is well, what that is. Oh wait, no, it well, wasn't. It, it was supposed to be. It was, it was certainly supposed to be. Which it should have been, but yeah. it, it was not. <laughs> it was not. We all thought it would be. Yeah, yeah. It, wow, it really was Seth, wasn't it? It's been that long. Uh, I certainly can't think of anybody else. Beat Goldberg, thirty-two. Beat D. Yeah, so it would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be damned. 
that some that somehow feels like a long time ago and not that long ago at all. Like yes, WrestleMania 31 feels like a long time ago. One of those wrestling time warps. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like it seems forever ago that we were talking about Sting versus Triple H and and stuff like that, you know. But at the same time, it, it really was not that long ago, honestly. Um, huh? Yeah, one of those weird wrestling time warps, as you said. But yeah, Seth Rollins is uh he, he's in the mix here. Um, and I don't know that anybody necessarily deserves to be in the mix more than him. Uh, same goes for Becky Lynch over on the women's side of things. They they handed these Royal Rumbles to the two people who had the fans and pretty much everybody else had dictated were the best performers of their respective divisions over the course of the last calendar year. There's not a whole hell of a lot more we could have asked for in terms of just like uh, the people that we supposedly wanted to win winning, you know? Yes, exactly. And as I said earlier, you've got to um... – You've got to make sure to strike that balance between, uh, you know, whether it's it might be predictable, but it needs to be sensible because it's all well and good on, on in theory on paper saying, oh, you know, wouldn't it be great if if you know, I don't know Andrade suddenly won it in a shocker, and it's like, well, you know, it might be great on the night, but you can almost guarantee that the follow up wouldn't be adequate enough for it to really result in any kind of long term benefit, and then that puts WWE off doing it again with other. Contemporary stars, exactly. And everything, yeah, everything starts to. So by by they followed a sensible line. I think both of them were were easy picks, um, but I don't think that that is to the detriment of either match. In fact, I think it's rather much to the benefit of the two matches this year, considering the type of rumbles they both turned out to be. Right, right, um, and yeah, that's kind of that's where we're left at the end of the Royal Rumble this year. It's uh, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, yeah, and that's where I'm sitting at the moment. Uh, of course, you guys haven't heard from me in a little while, but uh, I, I haven't been watching a whole hell of a lot of wrestling. Um, not because I haven't wanted to, but because I haven't really had the time, and it just so happened that I lucked out these last couple of days. I was able to binge my way towards getting ready for the Rumble. Uh, I did watch TakeOver last night. I frankly wasn't that impressed. Uh, I, I thought it was fine. Uh, you know, It's not like it was bad or anything by any stretch of the imagination, but I, the match that I enjoyed most was the tag match that started the show, honestly, and, of course, the performance of uh, of Al- Aleister Black, just because I'm an Aleister Black guy. But, uh, you know, so I, I had a fun wrestling weekend uh, for what it was, and I'm looking forward to checking out and seeing what goes on tomorrow night uh, and moving on down the line of getting close to WrestleMania. We are indeed in the midst of WrestleMania season now, officially, Got a couple more pay-per-views coming our way here over the next little bit, and then we will find our way to the biggest show of the year. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to doing a few more shows, hopefully, here on LLP Radio, alongside my friend here, Samuel Plan. We do have a retro shock on, you know, uh, we've been planning it for a long time. Whether or not we finally get it knocked out remains to be seen, I suppose, but I'm I'm guessing it's coming sooner rather than later because things are finally starting to level out for me a bit. Uh, the my my, you, my start time at work in the early a.m. has has leveled out to where I'm going in at about five in the morning uh, these days, as opposed to it fluctuating wildly between two in the morning and five in the morning, and me not having any clue whatsoever what time that would be until the day before I was to show up at that time. So uh, that's a very chaotic way to live. It's a very exhausting way to live, especially when you've got another job going on in the mix of all of it and, you know, you're maintaining a relationship in the mix of all of that as well uh, and trying to eat food and breathe air and stuff. So, um, 
yeah, it's been a bit chaotic for me, but that looks like it's leveling out a little bit. So hopefully we'll be having that retro shot coming your way here in the not-too-distant future. And don't think that we have forgotten that it will be all ECW, baby. You guys are going to get to vote on the ECW show we will be talking about and plan. I know you are just thrilled about that. Oh, can't wait. <laughs> I'll pick some good ones for you, I promise. Yeah, sure. <laughs> right, there's not going uh, there will be no December to dismember in the mix, <laughs> because, oh, no. Oh, no. But, uh, yeah. I know that you are, are very heavily in the mix. You've had more than enough time to do some LOP radio and here over the last little bit. Uh, where can everybody catch you and read you and all the good stuff that you've got going on? Uh, uh, just be quick to tell you where you can't catch me, I think, at this point. Um, I guess, yeah. Wednesdays, you catch me, Sports Entertainment is Dead, my own solo show. This coming Wednesday, I'll, of course, have a performance art review of Royal Rumble. Uh, might do a, attempted to do an extra long edition with maybe a, a real-time watch along with one of the Rumbles. Went over really well when I did that with the uh, 09 Rumble a couple of weeks ago. Um, on Fridays, on the right side of the pond, obviously on Aftershock or Retroshock, whenever they crop up, you can catch my columns just business on lotspay.net as well. Three of them went up this week as I finished off my countdown of the top 16 non-winning Royal Rumble performances of all time, obviously discounting 2019s. And maybe I'm tempted to maybe do a look at seeing if they're doing a column on if any of this year's performances, I think, warrant inclusion on any future versions of that list as well. And then hopefully maybe I'll be able to drop a column a little later on today with some first reactions to uh, Royal Rumble and TakeOver. Um, If not, then it'll be next Sunday, every Sunday. Right. And of course, the best place to catch you and interact with you is on Lords of Pain oh, of forums. Uh, you'll go to LOPforums.tv or Lords of, uh, yeah, or, or Lords of Pain, uh, LOPforums.com. <laughs> Jeez, very I, tired. Yes, I am very tired, actually. And I, I have to actually wake up in about three hours to go to work. So, uh, yeah. LOPforums.tv, you were right. Uh, you can, it, you yeah. can also catch me on, on Twitter at LOPplan or on Facebook. Just look up Samuel Plan. There you go, there you go. And yeah, definitely check out the forums. We've got a big column writing competition that is uh, that is about to get started up, and that's going to produce a hell of a lot of good reading and a lot of fun. Plus there's Royal Rumble stuff going on and all kinds of good stuff, all kinds of good stuff. So yeah, definitely head your way on over there. All of the registration restrictions have been lifted and stuff, so there's going to be about a jabillion and five spam names show up alongside yours at the bottom of the screen. But you know what? You'll get to interact and do cool stuff. So, uh, that hey, that works. That works. Um, and, of course, yeah, you can catch me on Twitter as well, at Stephen F. and Bell. I'm not as active on there as, uh, as I have been in the past, but that will hopefully be changing in the not-too-distant future as well. And yeah, I'm sure I'll be popping up here and there to do some stuff on LOP Radio. Uh, we will definitely be doing a retro shock here in the not too distant future, sometime within the next two to three weeks. I would say definitely in February. We're 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 going to knock this thing out by the end of February. It's going to happen. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll force the time if I have to. Uh, but apart from that, uh, who knows when I'll pop up? We'll see. We'll see. Uh, but you can always get at me on Twitter, at Stephen F. and Bell, and you can find me on Facebook as well. Just look for LOP Radio's Stephen Bell, and you can hit me up there, say hi, all that good stuff. I'm always glad to hear from you guys, and I greatly appreciate everybody who has been touching base uh, while I've been a little more absent here on the LOP Radio airwaves. 
uh, for everybody who's been asking, life's going pretty well. Uh, I'm stressed out. I, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills most of the time. I'm working entirely too fucking hard. But uh, apart from that, man, I got some great doggies. I got an awesome girl. Uh, I'm I'm eating well. I'm I'm breathing air. I'm drinking water. I'm, hey, man, it could be a hell of a lot worse. So no major complaints, I suppose, from my end. And I thank everybody who has inquired over the last little bit. But, uh, yeah, I think that'll just about do it. We have wrapped it up here. The Royal Rumble is in the books for another year, and we are headed towards WrestleMania. Man, it, it, man, we're headed towards our year anniversary of having you know started doing this together. Actually, blimey, that's gone quick. It has gone quick. It seems like WrestleMania was like not long ago at all. Actually, like that we were just doing a show. That's because well, that's because it only finished last month. That is true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it finished uh, approximately four days ago. So, uh, you know, we're, uh, you can't blame us for feeling like it. we're still in the mix here. Uh, WrestleMania season is perpetual, I suppose. Uh, but anywho, we will catch you next time, wherever it may be. Thank you so, so much for tuning in here this evening. Uh, and, of course, as per usual, you guys, please take care of yourselves out there in the really real world. And remember that nothing is trivial. All right? All right. Much love, everybody. Bye. 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 We'll see you next time. Bye. At First Commonwealth Bank, we understand that many of today's businesses are facing uncertain times. And that means there's no more important time for having the right financial partner behind you. A partner with the resources and experience to help take care of your business. An SBA preferred lender who can see what others may not and do what others cannot. If you're ready to talk with a financial partner who can help your business today and into the future, there's no better time to talk with us. First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC. At First Commonwealth Bank, we understand that many of today's businesses are facing uncertain times. And that means there's no more important time for having the right financial partner behind you. A partner with the resources and experience to help take care of your business. An SBA preferred lender who can see what others may not and do what others cannot. If you're ready to talk with a financial partner who can help your business today and into the future, there's no better time to talk with us. First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC.